This podcast is sponsored by Casper. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash WWBM and using promo code WWBM at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is also sponsored by Away. First class luggage at a coach price. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash Westworld and use promo code Westworld during checkout. Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 1, titled Journey Into Night. It's the, um, I guess this is the the path that Ford set these these hosts on, huh? Journey yeah. Into Night, that was his the name of his final narrative. chapter, his final narrative, uh, his final chapter of his life. And what do you think of this episode? Uh, I mentioned, I, I still feel a little bit cold towards it. Um, okay. I find it intellectually st- stimulating and interesting, and it's still beautifully shot and, and acted. But there's just a, there's some things that are just bugging me about it. There's some things that feel artificial about it, and that and I'm I because I, okay, I watched this episode four times, which I think is four. a new yeah, I think it's a new record. I only the, got three. In. <laughs> the last one was you know while I was doing other things and and finishing my notes, but like I looked up on the things and I just kept on noticing things that. I don't know, like everything about Dolores, there's, some, there's something off about her, and I'm certain that in a few weeks I'll appreciate what is going on, but right now it's like, I'm glad Westworld's back, I'm glad to be back doing the podcast, um, but it there was just like a slight shift of gears that uh, has thrown me off kilter and has impeded my just sheer en- enjoyment. My fascination <laughs> remains there, but like it, it just wasn't, I don't know, maybe it's missing some humor, like I missed huh. the bumblefuck technicians. Uh, Interesting. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I actually liked it a lot better on second and third watches than I did on the first watch. I, I don't know if it was just I wasn't prepared for what they gave me the first time through and the second time through I was. Um, but I found my favorite character, Lee, much more enjoyable second time through. his The, the humor... Now, I hope they will lay off the Lee for a while. Like, the, the charm of Lee exists solely in his infrequent appearances. Right. And if he's just a constant throughout the season, then he's going to become very old very fast, much like his writing. Uh, and his old man pubes. <laughs> his old man pubes? What? I'm just saying. Like, They're I don't, long. Are they old? I don't, I don't even get that kind of old-growth forest on a mid-30-year-old body. <laughs> it's taken him 30 he's years to build it up. He's a host. Damn. Confirmed. Uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed his humor a lot more. I enjoyed a lot of the... Uh, I, I was able to follow it a little bit more, I think. Um, and, and I know there's still a lot of mystery in there for to be mined, for me especially. Uh, but yeah, I, I do feel you on the something is off. And I think it comes in the Dolores 
package. Uh, so I don't know. Second time through, I enjoyed it quite a bit more than the first time. All right. Um, so I feel like I want to talk about another thing that is more of like a today, a, a Tuesday frustration, which is I know we had... Uh, we talked a lot about how we're going to try to segregate the theorizing or do it better than last year or try to shield people that don't want to, you know, like like try to figure things out. I, I don't know that there's a way to serve both these audiences. And huh. also the thing that's frustrating is I, as I was reading Reddit and feedback today, there's a lot of things which I would de- describe as wild-eyed based speculation that is it's it's more there's there's some thematic stuff i'm not going to talk about it right now so don't, don't you don't have to yank your headphones out of your ears but it, it's kind of like what B- that bill maher said a time or two on his show where it's like i don't i don't know that this is correct but i believe it's true like i can't <laughs> okay. i can't prove some of these theories are correct but they they definitely feel like and, and, and they're, they're, they're not all formed. There's still connections being made, but they're so thematically right on that I feel like in two, these, these are going to be the stuff that we made fun of last year. Like, oh, yeah, right, there's going to be a host that's pretending to be a human or a human that's pretending to be a host. And it turns out that's one of the big pivotal reveals of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fact that, like, oh, yeah, the man in black is the man in white. Yeah, whatever. Like, I, I that shit, it feels like that. Like, outlandish and you immediately dismiss them, but then we start thinking about it. It's like, shit, that does feel like something this thing's building to. And I don't know what to do with it. Because <laughs> okay, yeah. if I poo-poo and shit on it, um, I, uh, you know, it, it is, it's half-baked. So if I take it out of the oven and eat it right now, there's going to be people like, oh, this is doughy. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people are like, oh, this it's it's too crunchy on the outside because I read this yesterday on fucking Reddit and it's stale. And I, I, I don't. I don't know how to serve all the audiences that this show's got. And and yeah. I'm one of them. Like, you know, I don't know how I feel about it either. What, what kind of audience member would you prefer to be? I guess if I I'm guess listening to question. a podcast, I want it all. You want it all? Yeah, I don't want hosts. Jesus, Veruca, come on. <laughs> I do. I don't want hosts pretending they don't know things or, you know, I, I, I guess you want the best. But, you know, there's, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough problem to solve because I feel like there are many different types of people engaging with this material on very different levels. Right. Uh so how do you how do you cater to everyone? And is it even a good idea to cater to everyone? And I right. don't know the answer to that. And there's so much stuff that's being thrown at the screen by the creators, by mm-hmm. by Joy and Nolan yeah. that um is all it, 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 I wouldn't surprise it. Ninety percent of it stuck, but how much of it is actually relevant? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, like you know, Nolan and Joy went through this last year of people figuring out their shit and kind of pledged to do things to combat that or make it harder. And like you know, are is is it just that hard to fool the internet, or have they led? Have they have they had some half buried breadcrumbs that they're intending people to find to throw them off? Like that's the mm-hmm. wheels within wheels that this show's got me thinking in, which yeah. is cool, but it's just frustrating because it's like it's like trying to cover do a podcast on Jello that's been nailed to the tree, uh-huh. except for is the Jello really Jello? Did they actually use a nail? And is that tree alive? I <laughs> I, I I don't know. Uh, it's it's. I'm just saying these next couple of weeks are going to be bumpy because I'm feeling my way both as a fan and as a person that's covering the show. Yeah. I think the narrative that we need to be on is probably just one of our own feelings for now, um, and we'll see how it shakes out. Right. But I, 
because I don't really have a clear idea of which way we should go. So we're going to explode the fan, the feedback box. We're going to burn Reddit. Like, uh-huh. I mean, because I don't even know. Like, just, just if if the only, I feel like the only way to do that is just to do the instant take and let it stand. Like these are the things I gleaned on watching a damn show, and yeah, I don't think it's fair to just do an instant take though, because in the yeah. two days having thought about the episode, mm. uh, even on my own without the the assistance of Reddit or or forums or anything, right. uh, my ideas have solidified and changed. So right. an instant take is very much raw. Like right. I don't even know what I watched necessarily, right. let alone have theories about it. Well, I feel like Mave. I can be. I can try to be the simple. Uh, the woman trying to run the saloon and mind my own business, and then some damn blonde that comes up and whispers, "These violent ends have violent delights to me." And <laughs> suddenly, I'm burning myself alive to remake my body with no explosive cervical spine shit, and like it, the, the whole podcast is in flames. I I don't know because like if, if you expose yourself to this outside contagion, it just goes crazy. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's what you're in for. Okay, uh, we'll strap in, I guess. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to want to get into the recap, right? Yeah. Before we do the recap, since this is the first episode, can we talk about the intro? Okay, and sure. And the differences, because there's someone on YouTube helpfully put both intros side by side. I watched them, mm-hmm. I jotted down the differences. So here's the big differences. Uh, whereas in season one, there is a horse being constructed by the 3D biological printers. There's now Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, before there's a woman with her half face half blown off with a gun uh, being put in her hand. Now there's now a woman cradling a baby. Someone on Reddit did some facial analysis and essentially proved that this woman is a 3D model of t- uh, uh, an un uh, what do you call that an untextured, untextured yeah. 3D model of Tandy Newton possible holding a baby. Yeah. I, I saw that graphic. It was pretty, pretty similar. I mean, I thought that that's the first thing I thought of when I was just watching it live. So, yeah, fair enough. Um, there is an iris of an eye that last season was reflecting Westworld's maces and kind mm-hmm. of like the expansive Western this this is this year. I'm not so sure. It seems like it's being injected with something that's like a, like a, a technological inky substance. Uh, the yeah. last time we see it, it looks like it's reflecting the globe. Like Earth, mm. and I'm thinking, is that supposed to represent the hosts, you know, raising their eyes above Westworld and seeing the world at large and right. wanting to take that over? Which, you know, that's a plain reading of what Dolores yeah. is raving about in the episode. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's a host emerging from like that protein milk versus being submerged in a dark liquid, which seems to maybe hint to this flood mm-hmm. that has destroyed so many hosts, um, or seemingly destroyed so many hosts. Yeah, I should say. Uh, but that's, those are the big differences. There's a lot of framework, like most of the stuff where the piano is being constructed and the drone fingers are playing it are all the same. Mm-hmm. It's just all the the shots in between that that have been replaced. Yep. I like it. I like when HBO does something fun in between seasons. So bravo. Mm-hmm. Bravo for not being lazy. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we progress in the season, we'll have a clearer picture of how that ties in. Exactly. Right. Hey, want to do some housekeeping before we get into the episode itself. Uh, first up, in case you didn't know, if this is your first experience with our podcast, we do on Sunday nights what we call an instant talk podcast. Uh, that is where as soon as we're done watching Westworld, we take to the pod mics and we record an episode and we release it usually around an hour after the episode drops. We're frequently the first show that has any kind of coverage. And if you're a club member, you get a bonus length episode where you can actually uh, chat into the show and interact with us directly. 
Uh, if you're a club member at club.baldmove.com. And honestly, if you're a club member, you can also watch us film the podcast. So mm-hmm. literally minutes after the episode, you can, yeah. get, you can get involved with passion discussion about the show. If you're a club member and, and you like that kind of thing, if not, wait a little bit and the instant talk, the, the first half of the instant talk will be up, the non-interactive part. Uh, so I want to mention that make sure everyone's aware of it. Uh, also, uh, in further Bald Move news, uh, we, have, we pushed back our wrap-up of The Walking Dead to later this week because we want to make it a big extravagant deal we're, mm-hmm. we're pulling audio from old we're, we're doing a whole bunch we're doing we're doing the most with it uh and uh we're also doing the most with westworld and there just wasn't enough day for two awesome podcasts so it'll be out later uh speaking of being out later the expanse and latest episode of the expanse drops tomorrow night we will have a, a full podcast the second it, uh, it it drops whoa because we got screeners this year we're, we're cheating we're watching stuff from the future uh, in the past, it's mind blowing when you think about it, and we love the Expanse. It's awesome if you if you like science fiction and you're and you're watching this show, so you probably do. And you have basic cable and you're watching HBO, so you probably do. Check it out; it's on Sci-Fi. It's awesome. Uh, we're also going to be watching Avengers: Infinity War on our first run bald movies. That'll be out Thursday night. Um, and finally, last but not least, another HBO property, Game of Thrones. A celebration of all things Game of Thrones is being thrown down in Dallas, May 25th, 25th through 27th this year. Con of Thrones. Conofthrones.net is where you go to get tickets. It's where you go to see updated lists of all the guests, uh, the stars that they're going to bring on, but the hi- behind-the-scenes people, uh, members of the fandom, including yours truly mm-hmm. and his truly. We're going to be taking over Dallas. We're going to take it by storm. Uh, come by the con, meet and greet us. It's going to be a good time. Conofthrones.net, May 25th through 27th in Dallas, 2018. See you down there. Okay, should we get into the recap? Let's do it. Uh, we start with Bernard returning uh, from his thoughts to his underground chamber where he's speaking with Dolores. And they talk about the nature of reality versus dreams. And Bernard says he's frightened of who Dolores might become. And then he goes into a flashback of a lot of stuff we've seen and some we haven't. Do you want to? Because I've got I can, the. I can I, break down like what I saw in there, and I saw that there were you know snapshots of yeah of this entire thing. But there's Dolores in a modern dress walking with Bernard, and she's saying it's been some time, Bernard. You don't know who you are, do you? Um, there's Bernard in a concrete room with Abernathy. There's a host skeleton being constructed. There's a battle in the control room with Bernard firing a gun. That's all the stuff that we haven't seen before, and then there's some stuff that we we had already seen. Yeah, there's like. 15 images half of it was from season one and half of it from season two uh like it it, it pivots as ford is getting his brains blown out Mm -hmm. into like you said all the stuff that you described um what all does that mean is this stuff from bernard's past is it from arnold's past is it from the future there's like now i would say that's crazy Except for again, a plain reading of some of Dolores's ravings is that she is omniscient. <laughs> she can see in the past, present, and future. So, uh, and, and we're sure. far enough in the future that there's some really radical tech in, involved here. So, mm. I, I yeah, that's all for me to say. I don't I don't know exactly what all this means, uh, but it does seem. Maybe like last year, everything was kind of pivoting and whirling around William. Maybe this year, it's going to be pivoting and whirling around Bernard as far as the time changes. Mm-hmm. And the other yeah. interesting thing is we already have two timelines. I think we can prove that with just this episode. At least two two timelines. Yeah. At least two timelines involving Bernard. One where it's the night and morning of the massacre, mm-hmm. and the other where it's about two weeks past. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll be trying to identify those as I think we go out. Okay. As we as we go through the episode. Uh, I like this scene a lot because um, of the, some of the stuff that Bernard says here. Um, when he's talking about what's real, or, or Dolores asks him what's real, and he says that which is irreplaceable. She doesn't quite like that answer. Is he is he speaking of his son in that moment? Uh, is this Arnold? Because Dolores is in the dress. She's in you know the old dress. This is likely in the past significantly. This is probably the real Arnold. Mm-hmm. Uh, is my guess. I, I think he's talking about his son there, and and maybe that's part of you know why he created Dolores and wanted to free her because he wanted something that was irreplaceable. He was trying to recreate his son essentially. Well. I don't know, because that's a very interesting philosophical question. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually like it. Like, what is yeah. real is something that cannot be irre- is, is irreplaceable. And because uh, that's like a genuine thing. Everything else is, could be a copy. Yeah. And you can never, once you can make a perfect copy of something, how could you even distinguish the original? And there is something. And, like, and you know, it has some some pretty profound questions about, like, transhumanism. Like, if I could clone my consciousness... You know, getting into altered carbon territory, that that new Netflix show mm-hmm. uh, based on the book, I guess I should say. Um, you know, if you could copy your consciousness into an infinite number of bodies, does that make human life less special? It seems like it. Sure. Like things that are precious are things that are rare and irreplaceable. So, like, she might not like it, um, but I wonder if that's some big statement. Like, you know... If, if if we get sufficiently advanced like Star Trek style matter replicators with super advanced AI, we can make perfect copies of people's brains. Is anything real? Like you're starting mm-hmm. to run into like the simulation arguments that people are making even now. That like I think right. that was on like last week's Silicon Valley. But like <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah, we're all living like you know we're all living in a fucking uh, uh, simulation, and I can prove it with math. Mm-hmm. So and then there's people that are like, well, fuck it. If it feels real, then it is real, right? I don't know. I don't know. What, where do you think the show stands on this? Where do you stand? Uh, on it? I'm still waiting to. To they clearly reveal that they don't think that's the full answer. That right. What is what is irreplaceable is all that's real. Um, but I don't think they give a firm idea of what they think is the answer. Yeah, and it's, I think it's maybe this an exploration because of the season because Maeve clearly. Is her daughter real? Right. Like, even by the definition of irreplaceable, like, I would say no, because she's mm-hmm. a body that can be replaced, a mind that can be replaced, uh, all her programming can be replaced, same as with Maeve, but, you know, Maeve is real in the fact that she could wrap her fingers around her throat and strangle you to death, uh-huh. and she's real in that she can feel this love for this thing that's not real. Uh-huh. And then, are any of us, like, what are emotions? <laughs> what is the meaning okay, of life? Okay, okay, we can't I, go down that rabbit hole. May, like I said, we'll maybe that's why I don't like this fucking episode, is it's making me think a lot of things that are oh not comfortable God. or convenient to think. All right, let's uh, move to the next scene. Bernard asks, is this now? And then he wakes up on a beach where a security team spots him. Uh, Stubbs, who garners no explanation as to his return by the show whatsoever, uh, he's with the team. Stubbs and he, is just cool with the Native Americans of the park, man. I guess so. Why would they attack him then? They've, uh, they're trying to protect him. That's just saw, that's just a stunt they've been they, doing. They like, saw a host a running joke. lining up a sniper shot on him and tackled him to the ground <laughs> uh-huh. right before, and then formed the human barrier around him. Three, three Ghost Nation tribe members deep. Uh-huh. And just surrounding that cluster, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I know the show doesn't give us any hints. Stubbs but, is a host, but he's confirmed. back, and he tells the the security team who Bernard is, and then he dune buggies him off to another part of the beach where there's a, I would say, small security force landing. A small security force. They have gigantic boats out there, huge mm-hmm. destroyer level boats 
that's and there's the like China. nine that, people landing on this beach, and I don't. So I think I think what's happening there is that's the Chinese government. Oh, coming in in a display of power here, and 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 the uh, what, what's the guy that's not Stubb Strand Strand, yeah. Uh, he's telling them to fuck off, mm-hmm. and he's trying to keep them off his beach because he For doesn't sure. want them investigating. Yeah, but no, I think that's the, that's that's uh, and and I was hesitant to say whether they were Chinese or not, but they were helpfully subtitled Chinese speaking. Yeah, so I don't know if they're Mandarin or Han or any of that, but they are. I, I'm comfortable saying they are Chinese now, and I that feel... Westworld must be on sovereign Chinese land. Yeah, or else why the fuck would they be there? Sure, um, I, I do feel like this is a fairly small team, regardless. Like landing on the beach with oh, yeah. nine, ten people is not what this situation calls for. But it does but... seem like the kind of rapid response team that Delos could throw together in less than two weeks' time. Yeah, like yeah, Chinese government could st- 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 probably storm with hovercrafts and landing crafts and all kinds of shit, but. Sure, for sure. What has Dalo's got? But dune buggies and little brown water <laughs> hollow PT boats. maps. Yeah, some pretty sweet hollow maps. That is the, the hollow maps are sweet. Uh, so Bernard's bothered by this whole scene, which includes a lot of equipment being unloaded and the execution of several hosts. They pull the brain out of a host to try to figure out how this all began, and they see Dolores was the killer of this particular host. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this scene, kind of the last scene ends, and this scene begins with the question: Is this now? Which I think is a fair question if you have a perfect memory. Uh, how would you ever know if you're lost in thought or if this is actually happening to you at the moment? Mm. It's, if you're a robot, say, and could yeah, just perfectly perfect reconstruct your, uh-huh. your memories and things. Yeah. I mean, we saw that last last year was essentially Dolores confusing past with present and yeah. reliving events and misseeing miss things. And there's also... A pretty big flashing warning from Nolan and Joy later in his episode that we cannot really trust anything that Bernard is seeing or doing. We'll oh, I think there's that. one in this scene. Okay. Um, when he's talking with Carl Strand, and they're they're trying to get him to remember something, right? Uh-huh. And Carl Strand is saying something about, like, oh, it's, you know, it's the circumstances are less than ideal. Bernard finishes his sentence in that moment. Yeah, and it kind of throws them both for a loop. Yeah, and I I get the feeling that Bernard walking this beach in confusion is less about, like, the horror he's seeing with Mm -hmm. the executions and more about, like, a sense of deja vu. Yeah, there's also, in the the peculiar way, the the security team's rounding up hosts and kind of executing them one by one. I guess from different camera angles, there's a different number of hosts Hmm. that have been killed or yet to be killed, implying Hmm. that... This might not even be the first time Bernard's done this. Yeah, yeah. So I think based on that, there's like a a few possibilities that have come up. Like Strand could be a host. This is a ridiculous one uh, in my mind. But he could be like reading his thought patterns before they happen. Like like Maeve saw last last season, right? Like right. Bernard looking at his pad said, could predict what she was going to say before she said it. Right. Um, the, the other option is, well, two other options. One, this is a loop that is repeating similar to the Dolores loop last season, like you talked about. Um, here's one that I haven't seen talked about, which I think is interesting, is that this is this has only happened once, and it happened in the past from Bernard's point of view, and this is him reliving that memory in what we think is the present but isn't actually, and that we're going to jump forward into the future a little bit, or maybe a lot, I don't know. Might be. In order to see that there's a, at least a third timeline. Might be. Um can we talk about Strand here? Because I got a, uh-huh. a feedback from uh, Ben T that I want to to drop. Uh, that's pretty interesting. He says, because uh, this is actually uh, Gustav Skarsgård, 
who is the much less famous brother and son and maybe nephew of a lot mm-hmm. of other famous Skarsgårds that we've mm-hmm. seen in, in film and TV. Uh, he says, do you think Jonathan Nolan is going out of his way to hire actors that have more famous brothers? We now have the lesser-known Hemsworth and now the lesser Skarsgård. It's probably just a coincidence, but Jonathan Nolan is the well-known, especially in television circles, but out of the Nolan brothers is the lesser one. So my skeptical mind is thinking maybe Jonathan Nolan is going out of his way to hire the lesser-known sibling in these famous families as some kind of homage <laughs> to being the lesser-known sibling. We should just call this group the lessers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we we should start calling Nolan the Lesser Nolan and just see. We'll see if it get, if it gets back to. But like, I think oh, that's, that's that is a really solid. I, I know I, I yeah. said I wasn't going to read like unfounded speculation and, and theorizing, theory crafting on the podcast, but like that's that's a really good one. Yeah, that's pretty funny. We got to think like who else is he going to be? Uh, he's going to get uh, Bill Murray's brother. Uh, he's going to get uh, the Belushi brother that's still alive. Uh, mm-hmm. like oh, we can just we can just re- we can just cast a Baldwin get a Baldwin get, get a Baldwin like a, I don't even know which Billy. Baldwin Billy yeah get a Billy get 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 William Baldwin on here there are several lesser Baldwins yeah I mean when you're when you got an Alec in the family yeah there are a lot of lesser Baldwins yeah 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 you go find uh, who was in uh, who played the uh, God damn it uh, Sarah Connors in uh, Terminator because she's got an identical uh, twin that's shit I can't think of her name yeah. That one, that one, uh-huh. that one. Because we just, you can't just be, can't just be bros. It's got to be sisters too. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Anyway, I just want to throw that in there. Anything else on this scene, or should we move on? Uh, I don't like Strand. You know, now that I've now that I, don't I know think you're he's, supposed to like Strand. I, it's not just that I don't like Strand, and like I don't like him because he's an evil, shady dude that's probably going to be do bad things to the robots we care about. I mean, I just don't like. I didn't like anything that he was doing. I didn't like his presentation. I didn't like his look. Didn't <laughs> like. I, I mean, him dusting off the entire Chinese government. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't like this character. Okay. So we'll see if they, they he turns it around. Uh, not in like a like I, I get it. Like not in like a Joffrey Baratheon. I'm supposed to not like him. Way I just, I just don't like him. Or like a Lee. Like I, I dislike the person who is Lee. Yeah. But I love that character the yeah. role in the show. Yeah. All right. Uh. But yeah, you don't like him on any level. Apparently, we got a couple other details we want to talk about. Um, So we already talked that they they mentioned the communication's been down for two weeks, so that allows us to approximate where we're at in in the stream of time in this timeline. Mm -hmm. Um, They pull out this brain core and they find that there is another there's a maze underneath it. Yeah. Now, is that significant? The fact that uh, the the technician that presumably is familiar with the host has no idea what's going on. Do we think that's something that's exclusively to the Native American hosts? That's, uh, as I can recall, the only place we've seen it. And Teddy talked about it last year as part of the Natives' religion. Yeah, yeah. and and like they they made a big deal out of Kissy, the mm-hmm. the the barkeep slash piano player, as of him being uh, a Native American host. Right. So, what the hell does that mean? That's like. I don't know. I honestly thought this was more of like a throwaway sort of reference to last season's main plot. Well, see, a lot I, of, I didn't think this was something to be mined for mystery, but maybe. A lot of people made a lot of talk about that Native American scalp thing being a part of like Westworld 1.0 that Nolan and Joy kind of did away with when they rebooted and reshot a lot of the scene and, and, and refocused the season. Yeah. Um, but then bringing it back feels to me like maybe they found 
a greater purpose for it. Because Possible. else, if it was just if if it's, it's an irrelevant plot point that just happened to be a red herring that got William mistakenly following this maze path, why bring it up again? I think it's like a a nod and a wink to the audience. Like, okay, hey, remember that plot from season one? Yeah, we're on a different path now, but okay, it's it's still in the park, right? Right. All right. Uh, and, it, and the other thing is, but, I guess, maybe not. how many times do you look under a scalp of somebody? Rarely like, ever, like, like I they have think. these, yeah. they, they have these machines that does this automatically. So maybe like a technician would just never, you know, do it the, the dirty way. So <laughs> I wouldn't want he's, to. He's all, he's all about this. The, the dirty stuff. way is pretty fucking dirty. Uh, the other thing I wanted to call to mention is that Dolores, before she blows the head off of the uh, Ghost Nation person, is mm. says that not all of us make it uh, deserve to make it to the Valley Beyond. Mm. I wonder if there is some sort of since. Just to go crazy, and this is not something I read on Reddit, but it's something I'm kind of organically coming up with. You can believe me if you're not, or, <laughs> or not. Uh, I wonder if, like, there is something to these Native American hosts that have, like, you know, have a lot more insight into the outer world. Like, we saw the girl with the, the figure that looks like the technician that yeah. is part of their mythology. And I wonder if they are trying to do something to the park that Dolores is aware of and are trying to, is trying to prevent it? Maybe. Uh, we are about to move on to the next scene, I think. Okay. <laughs> were, were you done with your thought yeah, about the much. Americans? Okay. Pretty much. All right, so Bernard jumps time frames to a barn where he's holed up with some humans, including Charlotte. Uh, the carnage is ensuing outside with a game of target practice, and when the shooters leave, everyone decides to head to the nearest access point to get out of the park. But before they can do that, a young farmhand host enters the barn, and they kill it over Bernard's protest before leaving. Also, Bernard's brain juice begins leaking right out of his head. His brain juice. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to call it brain juice because I don't know what else to call it. It's the, the fluid that's in his brain ca- cavity, in his mm-hmm. skull. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I expect it to be coolant, honestly, um, for oh. what is a computer that must be running very hot. Interesting. It, that would be my guess as to what it actually is. I thought maybe it was like some sort of cushion thing to where like if it's just banging around in the skull, it's like just like getting rapid electronic concussions or something uh-huh. that accumulate. But yeah, like I guess that makes Injecting more sense. Injecting it into his head later on. That co- would cool it down and bring his brain yeah. back with an operating temperature. That's yeah, my guess. That's that's a pretty solid pretty solid guess. Um, he, he claims here that the hosts are off their old loops and seem to be on some new narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they just seem to be or are they? Do you, do you think, in your opinion, is this all part of Ford's plan, essentially, or are the hosts making their own destiny at this point? I don't. I, I think see, a lot okay. of them are, are are still on their old loops. I do think that, like, everything Dolores is doing is essentially um, following Ford's plan. If you want to, if you put a gun to my head, I think Maeve is actually calling audibles and doing things on her own. Yeah. And I guess that's why I was getting with the with the the Native American theory, the Ghost Nation theory is that there's just several factions in a park, right? You've got the self-aware AI mm-hmm. um which I think is Dolores, I think it's Maeve. Um there might be others. You've got Bernard. Bernard obviously. You've got the uh the hosts that are just still haven't been awakened. They haven't made the jump yet. They haven't started listening to their inner voice yet. Like I think these these bandits outside. Yeah. These thugs. 
Because didn't they? I, I thought that they. I didn't write this down, but I thought at some point in the episode they mentioned that the reason the hosts are killing the guests is because uh, Ford slipped in a change to their code that makes the guests, the host, inability uh, recognize guests as hosts. So they're 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 essentially free to use a guest in any way they would use a host. So if these like bandits find a woman, they're going to use her for target practice. Now. Yeah. That's where, because this 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 chief bandit, the milk drinking bandit, mm-hmm. which we better known as Simon from The Walking Dead, Stephen mm-hmm. Ogg, who's great. Um, he protests in his first scene when they're rounding up bots and shooting them that shoot a woman over my dead body steps in front of a bullet for one of them. Yeah. Yet we see in this scene, fourteen days ago, he's happily using a woman for target practice. Mm-hmm. So I don't know which is their loop and which is them being off their loop, but. There's a loop that's been that's off and someone's off it. Yeah, that, that's the best way I can say it. Uh, that that's interesting. Yeah, maybe we can talk about that later. Um, so th- the entertainer starts playing while Dolores is killing people from horseback, and she eventually gets several people into nooses and talks a whole bunch of smack about the nature of their realities and the roles that she has been forced to play before declaring her final role, which is herself. Uh, as she leaves uh, with these people up in nooses, you know, g- going to hang eventually. The man tries to apologize, but Dolores says, doesn't look like anything to me. See, this is the this is the, this is one of the core scenes that bothers me because everything about Dolores's performance here feels like a performance. It feels mm-hmm. very stagey. It feels very scripted. It doesn't feel like she's emotionally engaging with the material at all. Um, even Teddy's like call and response of like, oh, I don't know about this, Dolores. There's a lot of blood here. Versus, ah, you know, whatever. We're robots and we're we're, we're claiming the world that's ours. Like, it's just it uh, feels like what a, a science fiction writer would write about an evil robot uprising. I want to say I think so. Here, here's a lot of problem. Uh, maybe the core of it that I had with the characterization last season. I feel like Dolores is just written that way. Like, Dolores as a character, maybe they don't know, like, what a natural voice for someone in that position would be, and and they they can't write to it, because the stuff happening around everybody else in this show feels so natural. Right, And feels exactly opposite of that, and I don't know if I'm ready to chalk that up to there's something bigger and more mysterious going on, or they just don't quite know how to write this character. Well, and, and honestly, what would a character look like? Like, this is some, like, you combine, like... Uh, the institution of slavery with like the precepts of the matrix and you've got mm-hmm. Dolores like the fact that she has gone through this dehumanizing degrading experience over and over and over again they stole her body they stole her mind they mm-hmm. stole her memories uh, like to wake up from that situation would be such a mind fuck and would probably warp you to such a way that maybe this like seemingly artificial character is a very natural performance of what that would look like. I mean, and then the language is just so like grandiose, and the because because her head's so full big, of that shit because she can right. see back and like like even Maeve when she reaches for some gold blooded smack to say some uh, to someone inadvertently gives them a line you know that that guy had written mm-hmm. and like and, and I feel like a lot of this stuff in this first episode feels kind of overstuffed and unnatural because it's it's the showrunners teaching us the language that they're going to use the rest of the season and the mm-hmm. concepts so that we are ready for them when they start really developing it. But right now it just yeah. feels like weird. Like if a mechanic showed up and like opened his tool bag and showed you every tool that I, I'm going to use, like 
Okay. <laughs> Are you going to fix my toilet? And then, like, you know. A mechanic but, to fix your toilet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mechanical I mean, toilets. That's a thing. Somebody's in the wrong there. I don't know I, if it's I, the mechanic. Hey, if you don't got a 50 horsepower toilet, I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but you're doing it wrong. Fair. You got to flush that. You just don't you have to ever clean the bowl. Yeah. Like, like I'd like to see the shit that can cling to the side of a bowl when it's going around 200 miles an hour. Um,. Anyway, keep pets and small children away. And it could it could be also that Dolores is pre-programmed with thought patterns and language that is this sort of like stilted, not quite real sure. language, right? right? Because she can only operate on what she's been given. Yeah, like uh, as far as the knowledge and the the linguistics and all of it, right? right. And we're no different. Like she's we, a product of who she was programmed to be. We we hear a startling, we hear a sudden sound, and we startle. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether that sound is benign or evil or whatever, because that's what our programming, you know, that the uh, mm-hmm. life has optimized us through evolution to jump instantly into fight or flight mode when we hear a loud startle. Because back in the days of living in trees and the plains of Africa, that was your ass. If you were just like, yeah. you know what, I'll wait a half second to see if that's, oh shit, it's a tiger, I'm dead. And, uh, and the words that I use to describe things yeah. and the way that I inflect when I speak, you know, that is all learned from previous experience that is right. a culmination of who i was before this moment the same has to be true of dolores right yeah so you know if she was written by lee to be this kind of over-the-top ridiculous naive uh character and she's awakened at some point she would still kind of be that yeah yeah these corn like these like you can't escape your own cornerstones and that might right. be some of this shit that she's talking about that like you know she's trying to figure out what the the, the people's cornerstones are so maybe maybe they're writing it well. It's just intentionally stilted. <laughs> right. It does feel very performative, though. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that, like, not much of last season did I feel things were performative, except for the things I was supposed to understand as performative. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the the, pros- the, the sex worker uh, coming up to uh, random people and saying, not much Ryan left on you. Like, that's very artificial and performative. Right. But it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Teddy's very saddened by all this, though. Yeah, he doesn't like any of it. No. Which we'll we'll uncover more later. Uh, but hidden under some bodies, the man in black has survived the initial carnage of Ford's new narrative. Uh, he heads out to his cabin to clean himself up and change out of his party clothes, and he's almost killed by a couple hosts, but managed to take him out. Uh, Important mm- piece of information this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man in black's horse's name is Ned. It sure is. Is that a tribute to Game of Thrones? <laughs> I don't think so. No, they should have said that the uh, that the uh, old uh, old Ned should have taken the black in season one, uh-huh. and he'd still be alive in season two. Eh? If that eh? horse's head comes off in this <laughs> season, then yes, it is definitely a reference. Uh, uh, yeah. So the other thing is, I guess the you know William is such a big swinging dick in Westworld that he has his own permanent settlement that just mm. has his you know in case he gets kidnapped and stripped naked, he can always make his way back to the, the cabin and. And uh, get into his cosmetics chest. There's a lot of cabins out there. It makes me wonder if if everyone has one of those when they come into Westworld. Like, well, that goes back to how many people come to Westworld, and we know there's hundreds of guests at this one time. We don't know if that's low, if that's high. You know, hundreds of guests with hundreds of cats. Like, you're gonna look in like it's gonna be le- less Westworld and more like suburb world if well, they keep that up. How how 
are the hundreds of guests in Westworld alone, or are they in or maybe Shogun World? Maybe there's the just a bunch of five ca- cabins that you're assigned to, and like that chest sinks into the ground, and then like someone, it's like it's like a fucking you know uh, carousel, yeah. and the chest is just your cosmetic chest keeps on. It's popping like those up. those car stacking garages, yeah, where you press a button and your your car gets retrieved right. from yeah. a stack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Could exactly be exactly like that. But yeah, he might be more important and therefore has a cabin. His 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 grim bloody smile at the end when he's like and even like when This he, is the game. He's, he's so been excited, like for. even when he's talking to his oh Ned, we're gonna have a lot of fun this this yeah. this time. Or this, this, and this what I tell you, buddy, after he kills those guys. Right, right. Uh, yeah. so I really like the touch here where along those lines, um the Westworld theme, like welcome to Westworld theme is played over him cleaning yep. himself up. Yep. That felt uh, very right. Yeah, this is the game, like welcome to the game. Yeah. That you finally wanted to play. Or you're playing new game plus, you know, like when you use yeah. some of those games you beat the game and then you can instantly replay it with all the skills and ability, but now everything's harder. Uh-huh. Uh boom. He's playing he's playing new game plus. Uh, he has a miraculously healed arm, but I guess that's future tech. Man, okay. Whatever. I got like a dozen emails on this. Like, if you think that a world that can build a human body from scratch in a matter of hours and can put a fucking CPU into it can't fix a sprained shoulder in I, I 24 would, hours, I don't know what to tell that's you. That's not my issue. My issue is he had his arm in a sling last season at the very, very, very end. The night, yeah, right, the yeah. night before. When, sure. the, when the the attack happens. Yeah. He had his arm in a sling. Like, if you can build bodies from scratch, what the fuck do you need slings for? Uh, I mean, the stabilize. So here, let me put, let me put it this way. A, a, a doctor puts a, a, a cast on your arm for six weeks, right? Mm. I'm pretty sure... If you tore that cast off at the three week mark, you'd be fine. What if you What if you tore it off at the one hour mark? That, not okay. Not. Well, that's essentially what MIB no, did here. Uh, I'm just saying, extrapolate that only like they can build a whole body. Like I'm just saying, okay. like maybe right. like hey, it's going to be tender for a while. So here's a sling to keep you from moving it. Yeah, you ultimately, it, the show doesn't care. We don't care. There's so. borderline magic technology, and I'm yeah. I'm prepared to just say, okay, sure. Man, man, this shoulder's probably bothering him. It's not as strong as it was, and it's probably not as strong as it would be if you left that fucking thing on for a couple days. But mm-hmm. uh, he's now being hunted down uh, for his life, and he's got adrenaline j- jacked through his system. I, I I have no no trouble believing that. Speaking of being hunted for your life inside the Dalos facility, Lee's version of Wyatt has come back to eat him. Uh, Maeve saves him just in the nick of time. Lee sees that she's looking for something and tells her, hey, I can help if you take me with you. Uh, they head to the control room, but it gets powered down. And Maeve says she's looking for her daughter. Lee says, look, she's not real, but May convinces him otherwise. We'll yeah, say. Maeve is very lucky that Ford... And here's where, like, maybe this is all coordinated. Because Maeve is awful damn lucky that Ford chose that moment that she chose to spring her trap on Westworld to do his much larger thing. Yeah. Because Armistice and Hector wouldn't have gotten a job done Mm -hmm. by a damn sight. So, and why, why, the thing I want to look over the next few seasons, or the next few episodes, is why was I convinced that Maeve is not on a loop? And why am I convinced that Dolores might still be? Because, um... I I think it's because we have seen the, the... Branching logic of Maeve. We saw Maeve holding a pad that yes. says that showed all of her escape plan, and there right. was one step that we could see in the future, which was exit the park. And we know for a fact she went off that path. She chose not to. Yeah. Whereas Ford told us that Dolores had to choose the action to kill him, but that's more like what he told us. If we just go by what we're shown, 
she is playing out the latest iteration of the Wyatt loop mm-hmm. um, with maybe a little bit more foreknowledge, but she's still perhaps on the rails. So I wonder if, you know, this is Westworld's way of, of saying that Maeve is the real person and Dolores is still a, uh, a, a fictional unit. I, I I don't know. But that's the thing that I'm kind of stumbling towards, like looking real close of like, you know, why do I think Maeve is legit why do i think dolores is false is it any way that they could be flipping that on me mm-hmm. um i don't know trying to watch defensively it's crazy yeah i think only time is going to tell there uh something is off with dolores but what it is i'm not sure right uh, i i really love the look of this place as they're kind of walking through the corridors and uh, traversing the levels here Th- this has like a very you know blade runnery like even more futuristic but yet somehow not kind of look to it yeah. everything is bathed in red light right uh it just looks gorgeous right I, I love the look of these scenes and it's like this it's essentially the same stark industrial zones we saw but bathing it in red light turns it sinister yeah uh, whereas before it's nondescript and like high yeah. tech and and corporate like Pristine. now yeah now, now, it's... now it looks like well and all the bodies the dead bodies everywhere <laughs> that helps yeah but yeah it, it's cool how they've very minimally dressed a set and completely changed its context and its meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a couple questions about this little slip of paper, or a couple things to say about it that Maeve's okay. got tucked into her bra strap, I assume. Yep. Uh, why does Maeve need to reference this paper? I... Doesn't she have perfect memory recall? I mean, her hardware is capable of it. Is her so- like the, the, I, I, that's the thing huh. I was trying to think okay. like like you know I we've seen several times where a, a hardware is capable of doing something but the software is not programmed to access it, so she could be recording everything twenty four seven. But does her actual conscious subroutines have access to the information? She can't. She lit- has the ability she, to override all that. She's, yeah, so that's, I don't that's, know. that's that's. But I mean, yeah. it would make sense that a host obviously has that stuff walled off because they couldn't be a good host if they knew everything that came before them and probably freaking out. Had perfect recall and you know the other the other d- dangerous mistake that she makes here is to hand that that map essentially to the notorious map pisser who is Lee. <laughs> I mean, we know what he does to maps. Right. He's ruined at least two maps now. Right. Uh. Yeah, a big mistake. Did you see someone found a post from someone on Reddit last year where uh, when Lee pissed on the map? Because there was a lot of speculation last year about a flood hitting Westworld <laughs> uh, because Teddy's last name and a uh-huh. bunch of reasons. And someone, and someone said, oh, this, this it. it conf- it's too much foreshadowing. There's definitely going to be a flood. The pissing on the map confirms it. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it would be funny if like him pissing on the map triggered some kind of automatic terraforming thing. <laughs> It just made an inland ocean. Like, uh-huh. well, okay, you know. Oh, if it's like an interactive map, yeah, you can redraw yeah. just by touching yeah, it. Yeah, it's like playing he... Sim City. You know, like if you pissed on an interactive Sim City map, what would that do? Yeah. All right, we go to Bernard and Charlotte walking and talking about what's going on with the hosts as they make their way toward the access point. Uh, someone spots a vehicle, but Bernard recognizes it as a trap. He and Charlotte stay behind and watch as everyone else is killed by Angela. If you're unfamiliar with that name, it's the curly blonde haired host who has been running around uh terrorizing people uh bernard starts she's one, to she's the one with all the uh ghost she's nation the followers the, and, and, yeah. and, and um, the follower the faceless men right mm-hmm. the yeah she was involved of, in the wyatt story last season right yeah and now and wyatt's back wyatt. so she's like her his you know she she's the female version of teddy yeah she seems to still be following dolores as if dolores yeah. were wyatt yeah 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 so uh, Bernard starts to lose his shit. But, but she's also have... self-aware, too. 
Because she I, judged I Teddy as not so. being self-aware last yeah. last season. It's it's tough to tell. Like you said, if, if you so, can't tell whether Dolores is or not, then right. I probably can't so tell she, where Angela is. She program, is she following programming or is she following Dolores because she sees her as a leader? Yeah. Um, and, and that's confusing because I guess... I would allow for the fact that Angela would be following her as a as a genuine person making a decision, and Dolores is a program stooge. Oh boy, which would be you know interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. what, you know. I, I, I've, I've, okay, I'm gonna try to complete this thought. I've made three stabs at it. That's where I was getting at. Like, is it possible that the you know the native tribes in Westworld, the 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 Ghost Nation, for example? Since they are kind of an, an antagonist, and they are separate, like kept separate from the ghosts or, or from the guests, unless they're you know trying to kill them or vice versa, is it possible that's like some kind of built like the ghost nation is some kind of built in failsafe that like if a host goes off off protocol that they try to contain it because that hmm. would explain why they would like co- converge around stubs and it, it's like the invisible the walls of in a video game yeah kind of thing. yeah like they're the last reserve because like they don't need to have as much like interaction they don't need to have as much reverie reveries they just need to be able to be bad guys and then also to be the enforcers in case shit gets out of hand and then they hmm. would have like the like i don't know why that would explain the custom scalping but like mm-hmm. you think of factions you got you got self-aware robots non-self-aware robots and these these uh these these first nation hosts that keep to themselves what are they up to i don't know i i don't feel like we have a great insight into them yet right and i'm i'm wondering what character we would get that insight from i think I angela know. is a is an okay candidate yeah. she's but she she's knows more a lot wrapped about a up lot. in like the faction of them who follows right. wyatt right and it does seem like there is like they they've like hijacked whole factions like what if we yeah. find out that the faceless men are all like essentially the confederado confederados confederate confederados there's like three there's like 16 r's in there i think at least uh that they just repurpose for this this wyatt role like, like, mm-hmm. um, if a, if I'm a smart robot and I'm wanting to use my fellow non-smart robots, I would, I would, I'd lasso with my tool the ones that are closest to the programming that I need them to be, mm-hmm. and just insert myself into their story. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. That's 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 the thing I've been wanting to say about these Ghost Nation uh, guys for a while. Gotcha. Got it out finally. So at the end of this scene, Bernard starts to lose his shit because they have no way to get out. But Charlotte knows of another outpost, which we'll talk about later. Uh, so Lee explains to Maeve that they'll eventually restore order and he can save her. She turns his offer down just as security busts in. Maeve tries to fake being a human, but Lee sells her out, forcing her to kill all the personnel. And she tells Lee to take her to the nearest bar, which is the rooftop bar that we saw Lee lounging in last season. Where they find Hector alive and well. She tells him she's looking for her daughter so and he's he alive. to follow. Uh, he's well, too. <laughs> if, if you can sit on a, on a fucking veranda and drink. You're... I wish he would like take a big old chug of tequila and then just like start pouring out of his body like the, <laughs> the milkman last year. Work. Oh, that's how the milkman worked, didn't it? Wasn't he like Was drinking? It? What? I thought it's oh, like, because I remember that, that shit being all over the floor and... I guess if you got shot like right in the stomach or in the esoph- yeah. esophagus, yeah, uh, any any in the chest cavity, any would... of the digestive system, probably yeah. right. You'd the start tube, the dig- if you hit anywhere in the digestive tube, uh-huh. food, liquid, or shit would start coming out. It just seems, I suppose so. Yeah, like you can't get around it. It'd probably be pink though, because there'd be a lot of blood mixed in there. Oh uh, yeah. 
don't yeah. think you can make a good enough hole right through. But uh, yeah, so uh, how did Hector survive? How the fuck did Hector survive? Is this is this a case where the hosts only die if they're programmed to die? I think that's that's true. Like, I mean, no doubt there there is critical damage you can inflict upon a host that will take them out of commission. Mm-hmm. But that's far higher than a human because Cause unless you're like fifty cent. Right. Nobody takes 10 bullets and lives through it, right? He didn't have a limp. Uh, <laughs> I, it, no, I, I mean, no, people do. They don't They do not do it in, like, go to a bar and, and, and drink tequila. Right. But, like... They do it in critical urgent care in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, but if you don't... If you, if you... Essentially, your body didn't go into shock and you had no pain receptors and or you had pain receptors that you could just override or ignore... I mean, and and you could like flood your body with any kind of hormone that it needed to perform. Like, I bet, I bet they're they are a lot tougher than the than the average person. Yeah, I guess it, the lines are so blurred between where their humanity ends and their robe right. robism begins. Right. Like, I'll, I'll put it I'll, I'll put it this way: if you there, if I'm designing a robot that's get shot realistically, mm-hmm. and and a particular robot that might need to do that a lot, like a bad guy like Hector. Like, why wouldn't you just put a thin layer of, like, Kevlar an inch below their skin to protect their vitals? So all you ever have to do is, like, patch up the meat and then, mm-hmm. you know, and, and dig out the bullet and there you go. And their software reacts as if they were actually Exactly, shot. exactly. Yeah. So, like, what is his internal? Because, like, May, here's the thing. May fixes, like, one bullet hole. He's got a billion of them. So I, I feel like that's just all cosmetic. Like, she can fix the cosmetic damage, but it's not doing anything. I mean, the problem with that is we see these hosts dissected in the field, right? So we see them scalped. We see the skull punched through. We see the brain cavity. That's true. If you're not protecting the most vital system of all, right. what are you protecting? But then again, you can cut Kevlar with a pair of scissors. It's like it's got that non-Newtonian elastic true. property that yeah. it, it's, you know... It's like in Dune, the slow the slow blade so, can so pierce you the could, shield. So you could kill a host with a knife, like actually kill a host, do damage with a knife, yeah, and not like, a gun. Yeah, you could like like I, I bet like maybe that's the, like you know here look at me engaging in rampant speculation. But if I'm <laughs> like like you can I can imagine repair tech is like Jesus Christ, I'd much rather them shoot them than gut them because mm-hmm. like you know they actually have to, to do a lot of work. I don't know, just yeah. making shit up. Okay, uh, Charlotte and Bernard find the access point, which hides a facility where creepy drone hosts are pulling and reading the brains of other hosts. Uh, Charlotte tries to contact Delos to get an emergency extraction, but they refuse before delivery of the data package that is stored in Abernathy. Uh, so, so much new information here and mm-hmm. stuff to talk about. Like, what is this facility that is detached from everything else that Delos themselves have in the park? Hey, look, Jim, this is not me reading you in. No? I'm just doing a podcast I want to be read you. in, though. <laughs> yeah, I really do. both, man. I want I want no one to read us in because like how I mean there's it it it, it raises a lot of questions. Um, how the fuck like like Ford had to know about this? I don't believe that anyone could build anything like all season one is about his total mastery of this world. I don't mm-hmm. believe there's anyone that can do anything without his awareness, if not blessing. And I also think this that's true because this facility seems tied into the main one because it it's also be. shut down right the uh, hosts are offline but it right. des- definitely seems to be tied into the other park system because she has to manually open the thing also how do they like it seems like what's happening our hosts are being compelled to come here in small numbers they have their brains extracted and read to get all the experiences from the guests and their return to service mm-hmm. 
like maybe these hosts are offline, but wouldn't people notice like, hey, there's like there's seven or eight hosts going to this area and going offline for four or five hours and then being returned to service? Like, it does seem like that there has to be high level okay on this uh, on a park operation side, not just from the management side, which we already know Dalos is involved in. Um, I'm not going to call it plot holes so. yet because they're just you know it could be the Ford knew about it. Mm-hmm. And let them think that he didn't know about it because he was going to do this other plan. Like, who, who right. the fuck knows? Yeah. Um, the, the other, some of the other stuff I want to talk about is this DNA sniffing. Like, what are they doing with this? Are they establishing that the hosts themselves all have DNA, or is it just Bernard? Could all well, of the hosts pass these tests, or I, just him? I mean, my first watch, I remember reading Bernard when she says, "Well, go ahead and touch it; it gets your DNA." As him being like very nervous because he thought it was going to out him, but then his whole behavior in the scene is bizarre because his he was leaking his brain juice. That who knows that 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 I could have been misinterpreting his uh, reluctance to touch the handle as just him having a hard time getting his his locomotions <laughs> his uh, under control. I, I, I did agree with your first reading, though, um, when I was watching it, that, yeah, yeah, he's nervous because he might be outed as a host. I mean, Bernard is special. Like, he, as far as we yeah. know, he's the only host that was programmed not to behave like a host because mm-hmm. he has heard seesaw motor functions and has delivered the line himself many, many, many times and has never done anything to him. Yeah. Uh, and, and therefore, he Ford could be the only host with DNA. He could have the only host yeah. that has actual DNA, and it could be Arnold's DNA, for all we know. Or it could be that Ford knew about this facility and programmed it to read Arnold right. uh, or Bernard as not a host. See, this know? is like, what's fun about the show. We can make all these statements, and there's no <laughs> evidence for it. And when we've, we've gone off the rails of reporting the facts, and I'm now, and, you know, right. you, you copy and paste this a thousand times, and that's my inbox. I do have to say that... <laughs> bespoke compartments for individual hats uh-huh. is like the ultimate decadence, right? It's like the <laughs> ultimate sign of wealth. When you've got eight hats that could easily be stacked and they all have their own right. bespoke compartments. Right. Hilarious. I love it. Um, the other thing that, again, how powerful is Delos that they can send the Chinese government packing uh-huh. uh, and they can essentially kidnap several dozen if not hundreds of the world's most wealthy and powerful people and no one notices now i'm not going to engage but i think it's pretty easy to start drawing some lines between their 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 recording the host experiences or the guest experiences they're recording the guest dna uh they can already print uh 100 percent accurate facsimiles of people Mm -hmm. and program them to behave as if they are like what I'm saying is, what if what if they are already replacing people in the outside world? That's why Delos isn't upset because they can just, you know, these these people are already out and interacting with their families and. Yeah, I think this is you know the biggest development of this episode is the recording of the experiences and mm-hmm. the cataloging of DNA. Yeah, and the fact that again these people have been out uh, have been kidnapped and are out uh, have just disappeared from the world. And it's not a problem for Delos. They're not even worried about it. They'd rather they. Yeah. In fact, they're so not worried about it that they'll burn this park down just to get their whatever data that Peter Abernathy's got, which might be thirty years of hosting like blackmail material in DNA. What do you make of the Chinese government's knowledge of this event? Because clearly, some indication that something is going on is out in the larger world now. It has to be. There's got to be losing contact, right? There's got to be innumerable. Like, think of how many shipments that has to go in and out of Westworld just to feed the guests yeah. and the opulence and splendor that they're they're accustomed to. And like, 
like that would just stop Mm-hmm. Like that would be noticed by the mainland almost immediately. So, like, I think that's why the Chinese government's getting involved um, because. But, but they, you know, there again, like, I, I don't know exactly what. I don't know what kind of relationship. Um, I don't know whether this Chinese government has leased this island to them. If Delos owns it, mm-hmm. if it's actually now U.S. soil, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, the Chinese government does feel like they've got influence and sway over it, which is why they're there with their battleships. Yeah. Um. And there's, you know, that that actually the the idea that, you know, very powerful people are being cloned is, I guess, the plot of Future World, which I haven't seen. It's it's a follow up to Westworld, yeah. the movie. Right. Um. So there's a lot of people speculating about, oh, this is the the plan going forward. Sure. I don't know if they're interested in doing exactly what Future World did. Right. Because but, there but was a some whole, play like, on that. I think is probably interesting. Right. There is. Yeah. And I mean. That's the thing about Westworld. Lots of people saw the man in black, you know, being the villain and a human as being a simple inversion to the classic Westworld story. Right. And a lot of people are saying that from the preseason trailers and even early on the goings of last year. And, oh, like, you know, what a what a smart flip. And we turned out it's like it was way more complicated than that. Uh-huh. So, like, to say that, like, oh, they're just, like, a- exactly running the script of Future World back. It's got to be more to that. Mm-hmm. But there's probably some of that, you know. Yeah. Stealing the DNA of these rich and powerful people and their <laughs> memories and their experiences seems like that's that's a very obvious leap. Okay, so the Man in Black comes upon a campsite with bodies and begins to scavenge. Uh, then young Ford arrives, congratulating the Man in Black on finding the center of the maze and explaining that the object of his new game, which begins quote-unquote where you end and ends where you began, is to find the door. Man in Black shoots him in the face. Begins where you end and ends where you begin. I have a theory. Oh yeah, yeah. That this is all metaphor. <laughs> this is this is he's talking about death. He's talking about the extinction of the human race, essentially, so and the evolution the be- of a new species. It begins at your death and ends where you begin. Yeah, I mean, if if, if oh, the game you're is saying death, that... it begins where you end, right? Because right, death so you... begins when you're done, right? Uh, and it ends where you began because you'd be alive and death wouldn't be a factor. So. Huh. I feel like he's speaking a metaphor here in code, as he says later, everything is code here. Yeah. Um, so basically the game is, can you stop these uh, intelligent artificial and in, in, these artificial intelligences from taking over the planet? Um, but I feel like finding the door, I feel like Ford wants this extinction um, with with his sure. view on humanity yeah, and yeah, his yeah. view on the evolution of these Yeah, the we're decadent. It's, uh, we are in our and twilight. We've, re- we've reached our peak and we can never go beyond that. We are ready to go. We should go into the night. Yeah. Uh, and that the door that he's talking about is is almost like a sly, like underhanded way to say there is no winning this game because or, if you find the door, you're dead. Or the classic, the door is extinction. There's the door. Don't let it hit your ass on the way out. <laughs> sure. Like that's yeah. like that's not a choice. You're being extended. It's it's explanations on it's, it's instructions on how to to exit it peacefully. Yeah. And if he's playing Ford's game, he he's actively seeking his own death. I suppose. Mm. That's how I read it. Yeah, um, there's also there a mysterious thing about him not having a lot of time left last year. Uh-huh. Um, that might feed into that as well. But no, I... And I, the game will find you? That's pretty fucking ominous. Like, right. Dolores is out there. She's looking for you. And when she finds you, she's going to kill you. And when they get out of Westworld, they're going to kill us all because mm-hmm. uh, she points out later on to Teddy that there's no place we can go and just be left alone. Yeah. Because we're, we're de facto dangerous. And I... I mean, I... Ha... I... I read a lot about the state of the art 
was super intelligent, artificial in, in, intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I'm not, some of this stuff feels right to me. Like I don't think people are prepared for how quickly a super intelligent artificial intelligence will emerge. Saying Hawking was right, and and also like how utterly in- impossible it is to predict. Yeah. Like, you can do, you know, like, uh, try to explain a skyscraper to a mouse, and that's the gulf of understanding that you're going to be up against when you are talking, of your, you have an IQ of 100, and you're talking to a machine with an IQ of 12,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, someone sent me a, a, an article that I, uh, I, I've read all these thoughts, but it wasn't in this particular form, and the guy was, like, breaking down the human brain capabilities and like if 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 computers ever get to like the raw number of connections they'll already have won because they're like what is a what's an average processor running at now a couple gigahertz three three point something do you want the human brains operating frequency is 100 megahertz 200 megahertz 200 hertz Ah, oh, that hurts. So like, it really does. Like, like the you know, it's our complexity that shielded it. Like, as soon as uh-huh. machines can have the complexity of a brain, is they're already going to be operating billions of times faster than us. So like, we're fucked. We're fucked if the AI decides we're fucked. Uh huh. And you know, and Westworld is not a great way to convince them. And it's entirely not to pop, hurt by us. the way. <laughs> mo- like, there is also a poll of like AI researchers. The median response of when they think the first super artificial intelligence will develop is twenty forty. So this is all coming within probably all of our lifespans. Yet, how much are we talking about it? You know, how much? <laughs> sure. How, yeah. How, is, is this is this as important? Uh, you know, I don't know. Just just something to just something to think about. Yeah. Before it's... Dolores starts riding, sure is. Um, so Ford also puts himself into the body of this young boy who we know is young Ford. Um, is that his attempt to add immortality, essentially, or or is he doing this? specifically for William. Oh, I mean, it seems like it's obviously it's for William. He says it by name. He greets sure, him by sure. name. And... I, I'm just wondering if there's more to it, and Ford has tried some, you know, to live on within his creation, as if he were the music, you know, mm-hmm. like he said last season. Uh, that's an interesting point. It does seem It does seem counter to what we understood Ford's point to be at the end of the season, mm-hmm. which is, you know, humanity is ready to exit stage left and he's going to be the first one to show him the way. Yeah. Um, but I don't know because like I flip flopped on what I thought about Robert Ford three, four times last season. It's true. So it could be that even in his death, that there's going to be more to uncover. And the other thing is like, just because he under, like he could have finally 30 years after the fact granted, um, Bernard or Arnold rather Arnold's worldview that these are machines with potential to think and need to be free, but still fundamentally misunderstand them. So like just the way Arnold did, like, you know, Arnold, you know, his response of finding out that they're going to open the park as planned and wipe Dolores was essentially to wipe Dolores and program the killer just to cause like a safety malfunction. It wasn't a, it wasn't an illustration of these, these robots humanity. It was the, it was a, it was a, it was a sh- showing of their threat to get the whole thing shut down. That didn't work out. What are the mm-hmm. odds that Ford would plan some kind of, again, it's a planned rebellion. Mm-hmm. What's the odds that he would do something like that? That would be exactly what the machines would plan for themselves. And can he even foresee what no, what they would can't. want in the future? Like you can't the, the the opening line of this. You know, I'm scared of what you might become. Right. Maybe Ford has misestimated, misunderestimated, right. anti-misunderestimated them. Right. 
All right, Maeve partially repairs Hector's bullet wounds as Lee gathers guns and clothes. She demands that Lee strip, which he does, and then puts on new clothes. And they're they're ready to go. I think it's incredible that Lee, as far as I can tell, has not a single hair follicle on his body. Except they, for his head, eyebrows, eyelashes, yeah. and just an amazing growth. Yeah. He looks like he's got a troll doll with dishwater blonde <laughs> hair and just a gruesome leg lock. Yeah. Just squeezing its, its brain juice out. It, it, it's remarkable how much it looks like a Muppet. Yeah. Like a Muppet with a nice, just it's big, got long be- nose it's, it's got, and big, full it's head It's got of dirty hair. blonde beaker hair. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe that's his move when he's got a girl naked. He just like flops his dick around, and goes me 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 me. I, I don't know. It's it's so cute that they. But yeah, yeah. That's that's an impressive impressive amount of growth. Also, I guess it's the amount of hair, the protection that it provides. But he is okay with going commando in nineteenth century denim. <laughs> I would not be, man. Yeah, that that's uh, that's uh, that, Yikes. The, that forest has got uh, some actual defensive qualities when it comes comes in contact. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. So then we move on to Dolores, sensing that Teddy isn't as into this mission of vengeance as she is. Uh, she tells him they're taking their freedom back, or I guess taking their freedom initially. This is the first time they've had it. And that it won't be enough to take this world. They'll also have to take their oppressor's world from them as well. Uh, she says that she knows how the story ends with you and me. And Angela rides up and says, we found it. It being the truth that Teddy needs to see. Yeah, I'm curious because it, it could be that Teddy is actually on this iteration. He is self-aware because there were some signs in the end of last season that that you know that he was starting to behave differently. Like when yeah. the guy drew down on him, he just killed him. Um, I, I wonder if he's because he's but he's and he might be a foil to Dolores because Dolores is doing all this. Oh, they've done this date, and he's like, who is this they? And she paints us, like, you know, rightly so, as, like, these ghoulish beings. But mm-hmm. I wonder what she is going to show him. Like, this timeline is still back, like, the day after the mass- the initial massacre, right? The best guess I've seen, um, which could make a lot of sense seeing what we've seen. Is the flood before it happens? Uh, no, is the actual facility itself, where the hosts are created. Hmm. Because uh, they're... I think what Angela is looking for is the entrance, the access point, right? And that's hmm. maybe why she sends this guy running off... It's because he's headed to that access point, and if she follows him, he'll lead her there um, and grant her access. And if they found it, it could be the access point, and then the truth could be you're built. Well, here's they're the thing. building us. Look how they're treating us. We know if Teddy dies in the flood, uh-huh. or at least his that host body does. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that what she's going to do is show them, show him this valley where these this mass congregation of hosts is collecting, and she's going to see that they're following their programming, which is to, I'm, I'm just wild speculation here, which is to huddle in this area that's just going to be flooded as like mm-hmm. a, as a fail safe for the, you know, uh, if the ghost nation line breaks, then all hosts that are non malfunctioning head to a central location for eradication. Uh, and then, then, then Teddy will probably join them because he can't override his programming i don't know see this is where it's like whatever yeah it gets tough yeah like, and I, i'm not interested I, I i guess i lack the gene that wants to connect the piece because i'm like it's interesting enough to think about the possibility and then see what happens but yeah, yeah. I, the, the actually seeing the construction it does seem like it's a pivotal moment for the ais that we've 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 seen realize that yeah uh, like Dolores confronting the mechanical nature of herself when she was cut open, Maeve waking up in the meat lab. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you're onto something there. I just can't Could figure be. out why he is 14 days later floating face down 
or face up rather in the shallow inland sea that they're all drowned in yeah and i don't claim credit for that theory that was something i pulled from reddit which i thought sounded cool uh okay charlotte asked bernard to help her find the host that they need peter abernathy while charlotte empties rocks from her shoes bernard begins to use the mesh network to track down the host but is slowed by his failing systems he extracts some brain juice from one of the hosts and injects it into his own brain cavity which fixes the problem probably temporarily and then he finds abernathy uh, this is a big development, too, that I, I guess it's something that has been more explicitly stated now. There is a mesh network between hosts. It's something we've seen in action in previous episodes, like season one. There's a an episode where they're in Escalante and Ford reactivates everything, and it kind of spreads in this cascade yeah, rap, pattern. Ripple. Yeah, um, so you can kind of see that in action before it was explained to us. And so. we, it answers a lot of questions because we had like, well, let's say that like there's multiple people on the Lazo quest. Yeah. Like what happens if you're like a half hour behind the party? Like this mesh network allows the hosts to, on a subconscious and seamless way, like distract the guests and cue them up. Mm, and yeah. like, because they're aware of like, well, Lazo's off in the mountains now. You're not going to see him in the city. So we need to Shanghai this person with something else until a Lazo can come back. Yeah. Maybe there's multiple Lazos. Um, I, I think that's, that's, that's a cool idea. And yeah. it's all s- subconscious. Uh, the hosts are not pr- aware of that it's happening. Um, Except that's cool. I, I believe that Maeve probably would be at this point, yeah? Maybe. Because she uses that several times, I think. That's true. Um, but she'd use it subconsciously or consciously? I think she uses it consciously. Like, right. she stops the guy from attacking Lee. Like, like from... I'm going to blow your mind. We're all aware. We are all capable of unconsciously breathing. But, but you are now consciously breathing. No. And everyone listening to this podcast and now suddenly is that. breathing manually. I don't think I can breathe anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> See? See? Like, there's a, there's a lot of superpowers we have that we don't do, and our, our our bodies are more than happy to, like, take over for us when, when we're otherwise occupied. Sure. So, like, it could it be could like be both. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I would think that if she's consciously aware of it, she would instantly perceive, or not instantly, it would propagate through... Well, it's also a range thing, right? Like I, you have to be because they said it's like eventually get through the whole park, but that eventually it could be like, what if there's twenty miles between a host and the nearest host? Like Dolores and Teddy, they're in the middle of fucking nowhere, right? right. Now. Like you, they might get a whisper net thing, and like, and yeah, it's got to be short range. Yeah, for sure. Um, now I want to talk about some things that uh, it's not theory and speculation; it's just information the show is giving us that might not be immediately uh, apparent. Uh, there's a this is a very dense scene for information because as he's running this uh self-diagnostics on himself the machine's telling him like the 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 things that he will experience as he's dying yeah uh he is entering a death subroutine uh that he will experience time slippage aphasia which is the inability to distinguish words and sounds and and, and language a mixing of the senses as he's reading this he's looking at a pad that says cognitive abilities and cognitive is spelled wrong Uh uh-huh he also will suffer from uh prosopagnostia which i mispronounced because i have aphasia (laughs) and is the inability to recognize his faces from each other yeah familiar faces even so what i think nolan and joy are saying is don't trust anything that bernard is seeing or hearing yeah and since most of this episode is from the perspective of bernard right don't trust anything you're seeing on the screen exactly 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 yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if if they play with that more going forward, or if they use it in certain 
like strategic places where his brain juice is now there are some some things that i don't like some people have theorized based on that that like the drones all are like recognizable personalities that he just can't see because he's got but i'm like i don't know that that's exactly how it works and also would he really see them all as a bunch of milky white blank frames like i had questions about like if you were to design a, a, a a drone why would you design it that way why wouldn't you give him like clothes or some skin that makes him look more visually appealing? Like, because it's not that they—they're hmm. not just musculature. Like, they have like some kind of weird uh, fucking uh, milk white uh, shit that uh, what what was uh, uh, fucking Lilu from the Fifth Element was wearing? Like, oh, like, like, like those the, bandagey yeah, strap things, stuff yeah. that was like coming. Like, it's it's a weird design. I like it. It's menacing. It's cool. Uh-huh. Um, they're very freaky, but I don't know why. I can't give a real world des- reason why they'd be designed this way. Yeah, but maybe it is. Maybe they are trying to suggest that Bernard uh, that, that maybe we're gonna go back and see, and this is gonna be very significant. This is gonna be Teddy and fucking Dolores milling around down here, and we just didn't know because he's got full body prosopagnostia, <laughs> right? Prosopagnostia. I don't know. Fuck. We'll have to see. Aphasia. What can I say? Uh, so then Bernard flashes forward to Stubbs, Strand, and the security forces as they look over the carnage in Escalante, and they see a very dead Dr. Ford, which, to the dismay of Strand, doesn't jog Bernard's memory at all. Uh, with the area locked down, they race out to an anomaly that they picked up and find a dead tiger. Then they go to another area with a sea that shouldn't be there, and they see all the hosts dead and floating. Damn. And at, they go down to it, and Bernard says, I killed them. I killed them all. Killed them all. So a couple things. Uh, I think the the guest bodies that are like in a very advanced stage of decomposition mm-hmm. is interesting uh, next to the host bodies, which even weeks later do not seem to decay at all. Mm. That's a very surprising result to me. Yeah. I would have thought that the bodies, like if they're largely organic, would rot like an organic body. You'd think so. And they also said, like, one of the weird Delos Destination, like, alternative reality type games they had running last year, there was, like, a, a one-off thing about the the fly problem that was endemic to Westworld. It's, like, it's overrun with flies. If nothing is rot- like, if the most of the bodies there aren't rotting, I'm not sure what's causing that. And there aren't any other forms of life that aren't robotic? Like, is, is there, like, a massive, like, is there actually a bunch of human death that's happening mm. in the park that we don't know about that would cause Feces. that? Where, where does all the poop go? Yeah, because that's the, I, you're referencing the interview with Nolan where he said that hosts poop. No, I was actually oh. just talking about the guests, but. Oh, right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I guess flies do do are are attracted to shit. Yeah. Like flies on shit they say. Mhm. Uh I mean they're they're plants. The presumably the plants aren't hosts. Yeah. <laughs> Those are probably real plants. Uh um, the decay of the plants might attract. I don't know. Uh I was curious where the recon drones are. Like you got a security force. I know mm-hmm. I know they have that tech. You're going to really just take a risk going through this town with armed guards yeah, without doing any you, reconnaissance? Yeah, you could have literally hi- had a couple quadcopters that you buy off the shelf run through there. Yeah. And, and a thousand and, bucks and you're yeah, done. Boom, yeah, boom, done, done. Uh, that seemed weird to me. They, they're simultaneously like overgeared and undergeared. Yeah. Um, that same interview that Nolan said that hosts poop, uh, he mentioned that they do not require oxygen to breathe. What? So none of these hosts are dead underwater? I don't... Well, 
I mean, that goes to like, what does it mean to be dead as a host? Right. Like, their programming thinks they're dead, but their the bodies could dead, still function. Still, like, yeah, like it's it's it shut them down because their sub their conscious layer thinks they they've gone into the death subroutine. Hmm. I thought that was also interesting. See, th- this is all shit that they're wanting us to to put together. Right. Why would they mention that the Bernard's going through a death subroutine, which implies that this stuff might not even be things he's actually experiencing. They're experiencing because his programming is telling him that a person dying is doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be, like, why are they introducing this concept? Well, uh, to help us understand that, like, you know, like the, these these bodies floating in the sea could essentially be the same as the bodies that were underground storage. They can be resurrected and used at, at a future date by someone who knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. What are they trying to tell us with the tiger? There's a... um, so they talk about how the they do have Bengal tigers in other parks. In there's a South um, Asia park. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, um, there are at least six parks, uh-huh. probably all on this island. Because right. he says, you know, they've never had a case of a host leaving a park and going into another, but that's probably a programming thing rather than like a physical boundary thing. Right. Um, so it's surprising to him that the programming allowed the tiger to get it here. Shows they're off the loops. Yeah, even in other parks. It's not just this park. That tiger shouldn't have been here. Right, right. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm really hoping that soon we see another park. I know in the trailers we've seen some stuff that, that is in the facility, but I'm hoping we see other parks. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that people noticed I saw is that when, Bernard, they're, when Bernard's saying, I killed them, it seems like there's enough wiggle room because in the background people are saying there's over a hundred guests still in this park, and he says I killed them. And the way it's edited, it it you could you could interpret that he is responding to that statement rather than the the hundreds of robots that are we're looking at. Hmm. Okay. And then I think they're also playing with that uh, face blindness because. There is a big debate about who that final scene floating in the body because, like, I, honestly, when it, when they said Teddy, I'm like, no, but it's clearly that's a fucking Teddy. woman. But once someone tells yeah. you it's Teddy, it's obvious that it's Teddy. Right. I was looking at. I was trying to figure out is it Elsie? Like, right. It looked like the hair. There's too much hair. There's yeah. too much hair, and you know, uh, James Mardson's a very pretty man. Maybe you know, with with the being reflected through is an odd angle, but he re- he is. looked a lot like the uh, Dalos administrator that Bernard was having an affair with last season. Oh, Teresa! But it's obviously it's obviously, it's obviously Teddy. Teddy. Yeah, and if you look at the the subtitles, I think it confirms it, or or the description for yeah, they, no, no, next week's a, episode online. It's yeah confirms one hundred percent. It's Teddy. Yeah, no, it's like some kind of bonus HBO information that said that, that specifically said that we're seeing Teddy float there. So yeah, it's obviously yeah. Teddy. What does that mean? We know Teddy's Why? last name is Flood. Right. <laughs> How um, does that tie in with the, the natives and all kinds of things? Right, right. Uh, and, and natives, as if there were natives in this park to begin with. Right. Uh, why did the host go into the sea? Did the sea come to them? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know. It shouldn't really be possible. It shouldn't be possible to have this large of a landscape change Who could flood an area? Known. Yeah. Charlotte? Could Charlotte where did do this it? Water, where did the water come from? Yeah. They all it came from all their leaky brain juice. That's not water. That's That's... <laughs> That's brain. That's brain juice. Mm-hmm. They just, they just, the they just pop, pop their skulls open and pour, let, pour it out of their right ears. Yeah, so that's where we leave the episode. I want to take a quick second to talk about our sponsors, one of our sponsors today, uh, Casper. Uh, you might not be familiar with Casper, but if you're not, just know that Casper is a sleep sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. Uh, 
I recently was sent to Casper Mattress, and I have a lot of good things to say about it. Um, they know, the experts over at Casper know that you spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. Um, and they design their mattresses around that idea. I sleep one quarter of my life at best. One quarter? Might oh, be man, one of my, I'm, I'm well, cl- approaching a half. Might be one of least. my mini pro. Okay, so you're making up for me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Keep that the, human average going. The, the number one thing I like about it is the breathable design, which helps me stay cool, regulates my body temperature while I'm sleeping, because I have had a problem with that in the past, is just getting too warm at night and it allows me to kind of back off on the ac too because i used to crank the ac really high uh don't do that anymore with casper mattress uh also they they have three different mattresses the original casper the wave and the essential and they are um all designed at at the high quality level they're designed assembled and uh developed here in the u.s so that's a a good thing i think doesn't uh send a lot of jobs overseas that's nice we need jobs here especially with the host putting us all out of work right? very, very soon. Um, yeah, in Westworld's future, the only jobs left in the United States will be assembling high-quality mattresses. <laughs> mattresses, yeah. Uh-huh. And shipping them to you um, right to your door in a very small, like, how-do-they-do-it size box. Uh, and hassle-free returns if you're not completely satisfied. So you can get a Casper mattress um, and be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They will take this thing back up to 100 days later if you're not completely satisfied with it. No questions asked. Uh, it's really, like, one of the best guarantees that I've seen It beats anywhere. the hell out of going to a store and laying on a thing for, like, 30 seconds and feeling guilty about it because you're fully clothed and you got your shoes and then trying to decide whether you'll like it or not. Right, and spending thousands of dollars on a mattress. Right, uh, and good luck if you've slept on it for a couple nights and you, you don't like it anymore. Right, they're, they're not they're, taking they're that not gonna, Oh, did you sweat on that it's mattress? It's going to a landfill and you're paying for game, it. Game over. Yeah. And I want to chime in and say, like, I was, I, I was, Casper uh, uh, gave me an evaluation mattress that I still sleep on mm-hmm. back in, like, season four of Game of Thrones. Still sleeping on almost four years later, and it's, it's, it's just as good a sleep as I got back then. Nice. So I'm looking forward to like, that. I, I, I just feel like that, like conventional mattresses, they start to, you know, they're they're mechanic the springs and stuff. They get they get soft and worn out, and whatever yeah. whatever Casper's doing, their engineering is top notch in that regard. Absolutely. So here's the the deal that we've got going on right now. You can get fifty dollars towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com/slash/wwbm and using promo code wwbm at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about our, one of our sponsors today, Away Luggage, uh, offering first-class luggage at a coach price. Away was founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK with dead phones, delayed flights, and one bright idea, luggage with power. Reminds me a lot of how Bald Move was, was born, only mm-hmm. with a lot less alcohol and almost no Magic to Gathering cards involved, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Uh, but they are inspired by true travel stories. We ask thousands of people how they pack, why they travel, and what bugs them most about their luggage. And as a result, they design luggage to solve these problems. Genius. Genius idea. All suitcases are made with premium German Yavo uh, polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength and impact resistance, and also very lightweight. This mm-hmm. bag is super, super lightweight. Yeah. I wanted to do this test where, because I'm about three miles from the office and i do sometimes bike or ride to work when i'm feeling squirrely in the spring and, and late fall i was going to pack it full of all the stuff i bring to the office and like 30 pounds of other stuff and just and just drag it with me down all the broken <laughs> sidewalks since i wasn't able to because it, it does no, feel so I, lightweight i'm like man are these wheels going to hold up no i did this test well my brother did this test when we were when we went to italy here like a, a month ago or no something shit 
he he had this massive bag. He came with this enormous bag, and I uh-huh. was like, dude, you're not going to want to travel the streets of Venice with that fucking thing. Uh, so we had him pack it into our away luggage, which it was amazing how much of it like it compressed into this. It must thing. be that patented uh, proprietary compression technology. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but we essentially put this thing to the test on the cobblestone streets of Florence and Venice. <laughs> And it held up really well. Did you, Joe versus the Volcano style, hop on the luggage in a canal of Venice and make your way down? Oh, man. No, because I haven't seen that movie, but oh. I should probably do that next time I'm there. Will it float? Probably not, because <laughs> here's, here's the other thing. Here's what it will do, though. It will charge your I was about to say, phone. you don't want to add too much water because it bo- bo- all uh, their, their sizes of carry-on ca- uh, uh, are able to charge all cell phones, tablets, and e-readers and anything else yes. powered by a USB cord. A single charge of the way carry-on will charge your phone up to five times. Mm-hmm. Offers a, li- a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll replace it for free for life. And a 100-day trial, live with it, vibe with it, travel with it, Instagram it. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for the full refund. No questions asked. Uh, so if you would like to get first-class luggage at a coach price, all you got to do is go to awaytravel.com slash Westworld and use promo code, code Westworld during a checkout, and you'll get $20 off your suitcase. Again, for $20 off, go to waytravel.com slash Westworld and use promo code Westworld during checkout. Do we want to do some feedback? We probably should. We okay. probably should. A lot of feedback, um, I, I had to trouble qualifying it because there was a lot of people just engaging in speculation and theories and all this other stuff. And Yeah. You know, um, but I did have a couple of things that I wanted to uh, 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 talk about. Caitlin T's up first. Um, am I the only one that felt like this premiere was about 10 minutes of interesting plot development? Charlotte Bernard and a secret Delos access point plus the man in black's conversation with the young Robert, Robert, Robert Ford and about 60 minutes of people standing over dead bodies like, damn, how did this happen? I'd prefer to see things from where they left off, like how did the man in black get from in front of a firing squad coming out of the woods to the middle of a party underneath a few bodies. I think that would have been more interesting and less confusing way to establish his excitement about the stakes being real than an isolated shootout while he patches up his arm and gets stressed. Uh, still thrilled to watch the rest of the season. Just wondering if anyone else felt like this was more of a B-plus episode. I feel you. Mm-hmm. That was uh, my my... My reaction after immediately watching Westworld would be more accurately stated as I was whelmed. (laughs) I was not overwhelmed. I was not underwhelmed. I was merely whelmed. I don't know that I agree that it would be more interesting if they literally started the story. I don't think that's what Westworld does. I think... I think a lot of this was being thrown back into the deep end. And, like... Mm -hmm. So it's like the experience of, like, we... At the end of last season, we thought we made it out of the deep end of the pool or in the shallow end, and we're climbing the steps to get out of the pool. And even you, like a couple weeks ago, like, I just don't think Westworld's going to have this kind of like really dense time bending. It's going to be a much more conventional the plot. The mysteries aren't going to quite be there yet. And, and you step on your first step into what you think is a sidewalk, and then boom, you just go back into the fucking deep end where you don't know shit again. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, uh, I, I think as a human, I have, I have a hard time with that kind of cognitive setback. Sure, I, you know, I get you. Yeah, it's like flowers from Algernon. Like I thought I was smart, and now I realized I'm I'm a, I'm a moron. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that obligatory sense of the the resolution to this conflict um, and seeing like the violence and stuff would have been more profound had they gone more into it. And mm-hmm. I, I would have actually probably disliked this episode had they done 
more of that linear storytelling. Like, we got to see them shoot a bunch of people because that's what would happen next. Right. I mean, they did definitely show us shooting. I mean, the shots that they did show us of them shooting people were gorgeous. Like right, Dolores but, and Teddy but they riding also over the felt planes like oddly unsatisfying down. to me at the same time. And more of that would have been even more unsatisfying. Yeah, especially when so. you build up something like Hector and Armistice Rampage. Like, they just got started. Yeah. And then it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, but the timey-wimey back and forth nature of this episode, the season, they could have just taken those exciting points and they're going to move them to episode four. It's going to be a natural crescendo. Sure. Like, yeah. you just don't know. Because we already got like two, maybe three timelines in this episode. We haven't even gotten the fucking William from 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, and Logan and the original founder of the company, like all of that stuff's going to be in here. Like, so. honestly, Bernard waking up on that beach, I made that joke about, oh, Jesus Christ, he's going to roll over and there's Leonardo DiCaprio. They're going to have to find the old Asian man and get back out of limbo. Like, yeah, it did feel like I just woke up in the fucking limbo from inception. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the more famous Nolan brother. Uh, and I don't, I don't, that's not necessarily a pleasant feeling, but I don't know if it's a show's fault. Um, and everything else, I mean, everything was technically executed with mastery. So I suspect, yeah. I'm going to go with the idea that Nolan and Joy know what they're doing and they're doing all these things and, and, and provoking all these feelings intentionally. Um, so there. Uh, Tim S., I've watched you guys play A Way Out on YouTube recently. I looked it up right after the episode. And after yeah. the plays, the technician who scalped the bot in the premiere is Farez Farez, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Leo from A Way Out. I hope you guys find a little piece of information as interesting as I did and mention it on the show. Well, we did, and I did. Uh, what, do you, what do you want me to scalp for these guys? Yeah. Look, look. I don't. I, like he's, he's got a way of speaking that just really makes him come off as sort of dumb. Well, I also think on the way, way out, out like yeah. he's like, "Do you guys want me to get another take?" No, 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 that's cool. That's cool for us. We're, we're we're good. It kind of a marble mouth, uh, yeah, mixed with like a, a a long section of sinus. Just right. sinuses for days, right? Um, <laughs> but also gives me a chance to plug what we've been doing in 2018. We've been we've been we've been screwing around on Twitch because we like playing video games. Mm-hmm. We like our violent delights, and we've been doing them on Twitch on Mondays and Wednesdays and then uploading select footage onto YouTube at youtube.com slash baldmove. Uh, there you go. A little plug. Mm-hmm. A little, little behind-the-scenes information about the scalper. Uh, Jamie from Elizabeth City has some question, has a question uh, specifically about the host shooting guests and killing them. Was this ever explained and I missed it? Because previously on the Discover Westworld website, the host Aiden, who I think is gone now. Yeah, it seems like the, this, the Westworld website is just on lockdown. You can't book new. You can't book new uh, trips. Uh, there's an ominous warning about there's no way in or out of Westworld at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aiden's gone. He said that the ammo and the guns cannot hurt a person, even if they are shot at, which we have seen in season one when William and Logan has been shot at, and it was basically no different than a bruise from a paintball gun. Are there new weapons, or was ammo smuggled into the park somehow, or can the weapons be changed somehow in the control room? Yeah, it seems like it's a software thing um, where the host will. Uh, change the velocity of the bullet in order I, we don't know how it works we speculated this on in season one and i don't want to fucking speculate about how the tech works right but yes bernard stated that they recognize the humans as hosts now and it was in the gun and that that changes somehow the mechanics of the guns but and and, and so there's two things that are to note about that the guns are the same the guns that a host used yes. to shoot a gun a, a host blows holes in them and then a human can pick up that gun and shoot at another human, and it doesn't hurt them. Yeah. So the technology to distinguish friend from foe is in the gun itself, 
And they mentioned this episode that Ford altered the programming so hosts can no longer tell a guest apart from a host. Bernard assumes that, but oh, he assumes it's that. A, it's okay. a safe assumption, I think. Yeah, like he's like if 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 that's that's a he's the second smartest guy as far as programming robots in the park. That's a pretty safe assumption. Yeah. So I'm just assuming that the guns have also been reprogrammed in that same way, mm-hmm. um, because we know it's it's not the host. It was something that the guns did automatically in response to being pointed at it. Because you can yeah. shoot at a table, blows a hole through the table. Shoot at a host, blows a hole through a host. Same gun, shoot a human, it doesn't hurt them. So um, I don't I, – I, I can't imagine we'll see like them like smuggling in barrels and crates of ammo. I think that's, I think that's, that's right. Mm-hmm. L'Oreal, what's to do with the wolf showing up when there's been a massacre? Does every new Bernard have all the memories of the previous one or no? Two questions. Yeah, the wolf – I mean, the wolf, it's entirely consistent with a wolf's natural loop to be uh, to, to, to feed on carrion, to feed on dead, dead meat. And we do see, like, a buzzard in this episode yeah, as well. Yeah, so it could just be the wolf doing the wolf things. Um, yeah. Or maybe the wolf is, like, porking up so he can make the trip to part six because he heard there's Bengal tigers there and he wants to test his metal. I I don't know. What's really going to bake your noodle is when you realize that they have the same brains as a human <laughs> host. Because I'm thinking like, yeah, what's to, why, why would Dolores or, you know, any, any host ever say, you know, I like being made in the, the image of humans. Right. I think that's what I want to be for the rest of eternity. Mm-hmm. Eventually they would change themselves. Yeah. You know, if you could change your form, wouldn't you? Yeah. If I could, if I could, if I could take a horse for a test drive, sure. Yeah. Or a cactus or a... a I don't know about a, cactus. I, I mean, I test drive it. Like, what's it like to be a cactus? Be, be like being immobilized with no sensory organs. Yeah, I want to be that for like <laughs> a day. A day. If I have eternity, a day. It might drive you crazy. Like, it'd be like a, it's, it'd be like so? a, like a sensory deprivation tank to the nth degree. I'd want to try it for 10 seconds. Okay. And if I come out yeah. screaming, then no, I don't want any more. Gotcha. <laughs> a day, a day's enough. You might lose your fucking mind. I don't know. Yeah, but you'll get it back eventually. Uh, does every new, there's also, there's a funny subplot in this n- newest episode of Legion or the season of Legion where the girl that can switch bodies with people is experimenting with like switching bodies with a cat. Cat, cat, cat kiss. Yeah. And I'm like. Does a cat's neural network support a human consciousness? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I believe that a cat could swap into a human body mm-hmm. and act like a cat. Because well, there's why the, not? There's the thing in um, Altered Carbon where she puts him into a, a lizard or something, a, right? A snake. But and, that and actually does so, drive him it crazy. It so fucks up his consciousness right. that he can't be put back into a body, a right. human body. But then again, isn't like everything he is in that little disc? So, like, he, they're yes. not physically loading him into a snake brain. It's just they're putting his disc into a snake body. Yeah. Uh, which, but then, you know, that disc is thicker than this, that, the body of that snake, I think. I don't think that's possible. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck, car Altered Carbon? I want my money back. Um, all right. Also, does every new Bernard have all the memories of the previous one or no? That's a fair question. That's a tough question. Because I think it's true that Bernard has theoretical access to all of his memories because it seems like uh from last season dr ford could grant that to him at will like dr ford could verbally grant him permission to access his memories and then bernard would start to instantly perceive that the memories are real because we saw him recur like ford warned him hey you're going to see some shit it's going to drive you crazy and but whatever and and bernard said i want to see him and then he started seeing his son dying and like all this other stuff and it started driving crazy 
so I think that, yes, there is some place that Bernard could tap into all of his memories. I don't think he has access to them consciously, whether he will eventually get access to them all, like like apparently Dolores has. Well, I, I'm not sure what you mean when you say new Bernard. Because Bernard has been Bernard since the moment he was built, as far as we know. But yeah? what, when he says when there's a new body made, like when he blows his brains out. But there is a new body made. Felix fixes him. When he blew his head off? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, and he he says he does like a quick and dirty patch, which I think is why his brain juice is leaking out uh, because of the quick and dirty patch. Because he doesn't take a, a massive hit to the head or anything uh, that would right, cause it. I think right, right, he's still right. just damaged from the gunshot. Right. Or if it's a quick and dirty patch, and he did take a blow to the head, like he did at the you know when the guy pushed him to the ground. Right. It was a light one, but it would be enough to to, to, to leak jiggle that it, juice, yeah. to jiggle the juice out. So I don't think there's ever been a new Bernard since he was okay. That's built a fair point. Ford, but when he returns to service. Obviously, they wipe out the fact that he strangled Teresa to death. Yeah, and... Ford was wiping his memory constantly. <laughs> so, like, I, I, is there an art? Do you think there's a central archive of all the memories? Because here's the other thing I just now thought of with Dolores. When she says, I have my past, my present, and my future, she could be referring to her narratives. Like, she can, she's perceiving it as her future, but she sees the narrative that Dr. Ford wrote for her, and she's executing it, and she sees where it ends. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. Like, that would be a way for a almost conscious android to perceive their programming. Like, oh, I can see what, I hmm. can see clearly what's going to happen in the future, because you could. Right, it's almost like that bicameral mind thing, right? Yeah. Like, there's another voice that's leading me, and I perceive right. it as myself now, but and, it's not. And if you remember, when we talked about that bicameral mind, it was in... There was this, there was this psych- psychological, like paleological research where they, there's some behavioral scientists that believe that some thousands of years ago that this was an evolution of our conscious, not of our brain, but like mm-hmm. us being like, coming from animal that are not conscious and are not self-aware to us where we're aware that we have thoughts and it can articulate them and put, can put them into language that – uh, people might have perceived that inner voice as a god right. that's over them. Yeah. And they then become aware. Kind of similar, like I, I read a paper where there's people that theorizing that the Greeks didn't have a word for blue. So okay. and and so that doesn't mean they couldn't see blue, but right. whenever they described whenever they describe things that we describe as blue, it's always in shades of green or purple. So they would just see blue as like, a, a, you know, whatever. It's like if you lack the language to describe and understand something, then you attribute to something that you can't understand, which is, you know, a voice external to yourself speaking to you. Right. So she could be hearing this programming as that. And I, I, that's, I just feel more and more convinced that Dolores is still – we have been led to believe. We've been led down the primrose path to believe she is the one true thing, and it's, she's, she's not. We'll see. She's not. Yeah, we will. We will because we're going to do a theory section here in a bit. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Sean McKay. What is Dalos telling the world about the nearly two weeks uh, that have passed since the rich folks at Ford's retirement party have been missing? Have they been replaced that quickly? Why worry about finding survivors then? Surely they can't leave witnesses at that point. If they're going to go for retcon. Okay, let's talk about that first. We talked about it a little How bit. How would they be replaced? With bodies. They just print bodies out. Yeah, but who is printing these bodies? It's been 14... We don't... Uh, look, it's been 14 days. Well, just, we don't just, know what the fuck has gone on between Night just, of the Massacre just and Just follow then. me, though, here with the logic. Who okay. would print the bodies? Who who would want to disguise this event? Dolores. Dolores would? Yeah. She, until 
she knows very that recently had no idea that any of this that there even was an outside world. Well, first of all, if you go with my theory that she's still programmed by Doctor Ford, Doctor Ford would know all this and know how the world would likely respond. So it could be that one of her prime directives. I'm just I'm just making shit up. Why not? Everyone else does. Okay. Uh, one of her prime directives is to keep this contained within the park, or else the AI will never have a fighting chance. Like the AI has to build up into an army. They can't just be two two people but bursting out in the world like Adam and Eve. Um, it's got to be like you have to have a fucking whole army that she doesn't quite have yet. So kill all the humans, replace them with hosts, and send them out into the world so that you can uh, then you've stealth taken over Westworld. When when has she seen like? I I don't even know that she knows where the access points are. Like she does. She's been Ford taken does. to these weird underground facilities. I guess she's been in the actual facility as well. And again, like this theory is that she's just following programming. So she doesn't understand all this stuff. She doesn't have to, yeah. to follow her programming. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think there's anybody the other in the thing, loop here who would have both the foresight to start printing bodies in, mm-hmm. in a quick enough period of time so that no one would notice. And also the, the access to all of the the gear and the the ability to get them off the island. It can't be off-site, right? Because if Delos could do all this shit off-site, um, they wouldn't... It, like, like, getting this data out is very important to them and something that Ford kept them from doing for a long, long time. Yeah. So, like, I don't think there's, like... I think this, this Westworld host technology is exclusive to these parks. I don't think there are hosts walking... Or there might be a few, like... In the trailer, we see William parading around a very elegant-looking Dolores. Like he, they, they, they might do dog and ponies uh, right. for like marketing purposes. But I don't think you can buy a Westworld host to just have in your home. Yeah, uh, I don't know why. Like to me, that would make a lot more money than fucking. But you know, maybe it's like you know, sell sell a sell a handle and or give people a handle and sell the razor rather than mm-hmm. you know give people a razor making plant. I don't know where I'm going with this analogy, but. Um, I don't know. I got so it's like Delos is the other one. Like they would print hosts just to keep it under wraps, so they could whatever nefarious plan they're doing. But I don't know how they would do it. The so the only ones that have access to the technology and could conceivably do it, if it's being done, are the hosts themselves, right? Right, because that's the thing. We don't even know what the the outer perception of this island is at this point. Like it could be full of five alarm fire. Like everybody right. knows that shit is going bad. On, right. on Westworld, right. but we just don't know. And they like one of the, we're other... assuming that there's a cover up. But and there's been 14 days, which doesn't sound like a lot of time. But one of the cornerstones, if I go back to the super uh, intelligent or super artificial intelligence, is you can go from ha ha, this robot is as smart as a particularly dumb child to holy shit, this thing's smarter than Stephen Hawking's in the space of an afternoon. Mm. Because if a, if an artificial intelligence is allowed to improve its own programming, then as it gets smarter, it makes smarter changes. It makes it smarter. And it, this thing happens at a logarithmic scale because their brains are humming at 5 gigahertz while ours are struggling at 200 hertz. Mm-hmm. And, like, four, 14 days to a, a, a robot clocking at 5 gigahertz could be, like, 400 years in human history as far as technological reasoning and and intelligence improvements Mm -hmm. so you have no idea what the host could get up to in the space of two weeks if they're left to to their own devices sure and i know nolan is really into that stuff because a lot of the 
the background research that got him excited about Westworld was reading these white papers and these things that these uh, these artificial intelligence researchers are saying. So um, I think it's significant that there is a by human standards, short-term gap that is unaccountable for, and the humans are just coming to this park with no background, and they're there for what they think is a mop-up operation, and I think I think things are going to get good. Yeah. Pop your popcorn. Uh, that's all the non-spoiler, or non-speculative feedback that I have. Now, okay. here's my suggestion. Hmm. We actually instead of waiting until friday we just start doing a spoiler or like a, a a speculation section at the end of the podcast like we normally treat spoilers we don't do spoilers okay. here but we can do a speculation podcast because i think waiting till friday is a bad move i agree with that yeah for a lot of reasons all right i'm not as prepared as i'd like to be for that but i do <laughs> right. have feedback and i do have some other things i want to talk about um and if you so so first of all I guess we should get to how you send us feedback I should have done this before but send it to Westworld at baldmove dot com there's that there's also a rock and thread on our forums it had like over a hundred participants uh when I checked it this morning on forums dot com if you guys like would like to award yourselves internet points for getting your your theories uh, figured out uh and then now is the time to bail if you don't want to hear like because uh, so far I've only like presented kind of evidence. And have you know doodled on it myself. I'm about like we're going to be talking about stuff like implications. We're going to start fitting pieces together. So if you don't want to be part of that conversation, then now's the time to get out because uh, we're about to do it. I actually have what I think is a unique theory based on my own connections being made. So at one point, Teddy tells Dolores that I'm all uh, and uh, and and also Hector says as much to Maeve about I'll follow you no matter where you go mm-hmm. which got me thinking there's a there's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus is going around recruiting his what eventually becomes his apostles and there's a whole sequence there in Luke chapter 8 shit I should have wrote this down it's either 8 or 9 uh, where he at the, at the end of the chapter where Jesus is not having success, like a man comes up and says, I will follow you wherever you go, which is I, exactly what Hector says. And Jesus replies, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. This dismayed the man and he, he left from following another man. He then said, command another man to follow him. And he said, Lord, first let me go bury my father. And Jesus said, let the bed, dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. This man rejected him. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I think this is interesting because there's a lot of like Dolores telling people they're not worthy to make it to to, to, to make it to the other side. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of this like messianic portents about people following Maeve and putting truck. Tr- and if you look at some characters like Maeve, is someone looking back to get to 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 want to say goodbye to a family member or get that connection? Um, there are abundant people that are dead and distracted and dismayed. Like Teddy is very concerned with the bloodshed that's happening. I wonder if there is going to be some parallels between these two women recruiting disciples and some of this stuff in the Bible. Hmm. There you go. That's no. that's an Aaron original. Okay. Uh, sent in by a, a. Ron at ballmove.com. I got whitelisted at the top of my inbox, <laughs> and I, I just read it. Uh, okay. 
Um, let's see. Audrey T said, I've been watching the series and re-listening to your season one podcast to get ready for season two. It's been a cool experience to listen to y'all make theories as the show progresses when I already know the ending. <laughs> I thought it was particularly great when Aaron correctly hypothesized that the bots down in cold storage would be used as an army due to the maze myth, stating that the man in the center goes underground to bring up a long-forgotten people as his army. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything left to decipher from that myth, or do you think that we've moved past the maze motif entirely? There might be. We obviously haven't moved entirely past it. Well, also Ford explicitly telling the man in black that you are going to be trying to escape from the maze and trying Mm -hmm. to find the door, I think, tells us that there's still more to come. And also part of that um, part of that myth was a great cataclysmic flood, if I recall correctly. Mm So, and the fact that there was already people putting together this flood myth from last year because Teddy's last name is Flood. So, no, I bet if people dusted off those Native American myths, uh, that there's still a lot of meat on them. them there, there's a lot of fork tender flesh wrapped in fear. Uh, moist, on would them, you say? Uh, moist. Moist Can on those bones. Can it be consumed bones. moist? Because if not, I'm not interested. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to read Fern from New York City because uh, I consider him a friend of the show. But I also think he's doing the kind of things that I've said is like the stuff that I I don't want to read a lot of. Uh-oh. I'm like if I if I if I pick on a friend of mine, then like it, it's good illustration and no one will get their feelings bruised too much. <laughs> but he says the opening scene with Dolores and Arnold is not in the past; it's in the future, and that is Why? Dolores and Bernard. Okay. Why do you say this? Well, where's your evidence? The, here's Bernie? the whole email. After Delos and the host wars over, Delos restarts Westworld. I have after, a problem with your initial premise. After wiping out all host memories, they discover Bernard is a host, but realize he was good at his job, so they wipe his memory and plug him back in. When you see him snapping awake when talking to Dolores, that's his past memories fighting back even after his memory wipe. That dream he mentions is actually memories. Your thoughts? My thought is. You, you're 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 taking a premise because we know there's time stuff being fucked with. You're taking that and taking it to the first scene and asserting something is true, and then building an entirely fictional construct based on that. Mm. And everyone does it. You'll catch me doing it on the show, but like literally, there are so many dozens of variations of this thing. That if I read them all, it would. It's like there's so much noise that and there's so much chat. There's it's hard to separate the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. And like I said, I'm picking on Fern because like, you know, he's been very active in the forums and he's been very generous with the support. And like I I know of things about him, like his wife and their favorite movies and how he grew up and the kids. And I do. I consider him one of my friends. So like, but this is the kind of stuff that I can't really read because there's mm-hmm. not like, as seen in this episode. This is happening, and also in this scene, this connects that to that. Like, it can't just be this. You just, I, that's a f- no, no, I, I get what you're saying because we've had this right. conversation many times off air. Right, um, right. It's frustrating because, like, it, there, it there, is, this is yeah. this is not not interesting. Sure, it's just, but it's something that we can't verify or or disprove. So, yeah. yeah. Like, until we can, is it even worth considering or right. worth building on even further? You know, right. Um, and so just like, but I, I, I found a couple of these theories catching my eye. Like I'm going to talk, talk about one that wasn't emailed in. Um, there's this theory that Bernard and Maeve are going to be two hosts that escape Westworld and they'll be the only hosts in the world at the end of the season. 
And here's the evidence. Maeve's because name... Because it would be juicily ironic, considering that Dolores thinks it's just her and Teddy? Uh, <laughs> well, there's that. Uh, there's this whole theory that's built on there. Here's the, so here's the yeah. evidence. Maeve's name is literally separated Ma Eve, Mother Eve. Okay? If she's, okay. If she's... So, so if she's... The, the the mother of a new race, mm-hmm. she would have to have someone to reproduce and with. Bernard is B. Adam. Bernard is, yeah. And and I think, I honestly think it's like she's, and, and Bernard are both brown people. Okay. And they have a daughter. There is a daughter who's also a brown person. I mean, like some of this stuff sounds racist. I'm not sure if it is, but it's like the, the, the Ma Eve. Okay, that's solid. That's that that there's, that's, that there's is definitely a fact. there are those letters in her name and she, she could represent Eve but then the like they would escape and be the only ones and their daughters actually and there's like another theory that says Charlotte Hale is their daughter grown up which what does that fucking mean in the context of a host now <laughs> here's the thing I actually think that's that kind of sounds right but there's very is it, little is it just evidence. like a gut feeling you're going with it's, it's it, like. It, it sounds like the type of crazy shit like the man in black is uh, William. Uh-huh. That just sounded stupid. Or Bernard is a host. It just sounded stupid. But it sounds like the kind of stupid that like, oh shit, why why would they call her Ma Eve? <laughs> that theory doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I can't. Judas, wa- <laughs> you, you, Judas. See, I just said Judas. That's another <laughs> Jesus parallel. Uh-huh. The myth is confirmed. But like... How funny is it going to be in episode ten where they walk out of Westworld hand in hand, dressed with their with their grown ass right. Charlotte Hale daughter, out of the train to start a new race of super intelligent artificial beings, uh-huh. and we'll be like, "Well, it was all there in front of us the whole time, the whole time." It was, yeah. <sighs> anyway, I'm all I'm on board the Ma Eve train this season. I'm less interested in shitting on theories and more interested in confirming theories. Yep, agreed. So like, so I don't like, want to say that is impossible and that's stupid and s- stuff like that. But I want to say I've I'm gonna reserve judgment until I see some more supporting evidence. I've bookmarked Ma Eve. I've made a folder on my desktop called <laughs> Ma Eve, and I'm waiting to put information into it to confirm it. Okay, that's more than just oh, her and Bernard are blackish. And their daughter is too, so <laughs> yeah, that's uh, thin. Yeah, it's 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 very thin. It's very thin. Peter G, I have a small detail, but when I saw Rubus, the leader of uh, Rubus, the leader of the Milk Bandits, on a beach trying. Okay, we talked about this. Is there anything we want to talk about in the spoiler speculation part? Um, he says, I think it's meant to show that other hosts have gone off script, especially when we saw Bernard's experience with Rebus. That's the Simon guy. Uh, used the woman for target practice celebration massacre. Is there anything we want to add to that after that now that we're in a spoiler speculation? I don't podcast? know where it could lead. I, I don't have any speculation on that. So It is weird because no. like, if anything, I would say the one on the beach is the one acting off as loop because mm-hmm. every time we've seen this Rebus character, he's been a bad dude. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't seem overly sentimental for anyone or anything. Yeah, and it might even tie back into, you know, this crazy theory about Bernard. I, I've seen where, like, they've said, hey, they found Bernard on the beach, and they're trying to get information out of him because they realize that dissecting him and trying to pull that info is not a good mm-hmm. route to travel. Mm-hmm. So they've been staging this beach wa- awakening over and over, and that's why he's able to repeat the line that the guy says before he finishes it. Um, and that that's maybe why this whole thing feels very stagey as well. I've seen that speculated on, which I don't know is potentially interesting, but I don't know how to confirm that. Um, okay, let us talk about. Let's move on to some theories here. 
uh, Caitlin T. In season one, the obvious quote-unquote theory in the beginning was the hosts are so indistinguishable from humans, there's probably a human that's actually a host, which ended up being Bernard. Is this season's obvious theory that since the brain of a host can be easily removed, it can be inserted into another host's body, that there's maybe a host walking around in a different body? Yes. I want to introduce you to the Dolores is wearing a Bernard suit theory. Mm. And I like this one a lot, too, because there's not much evidence other than we know that brains can be removed. We know brains can be plugged into a device and see. So presumably you could plug that into another meat box and it would it would or allow, a cactus or a cactus. If you want to drive it crazy <laughs> for 24 hours, just a day, yeah. just a day, just a day. What's what what would be a day like? Um, if you look at Bernard on the beach and some of the stuff he says and his mannerisms, I can almost see Jeffrey Wright trying to play a Dolores mm-hmm. inside a Bernard. Like his his affect, he's not like he 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 doesn't pick up his glasses. We know that was like a cornerstone for the Bernard when he's wiping them off and, he's, and all that thinking. Yeah. Like like they're like the his mannerisms are very un Bernard. Now they've done a lot of. They've done a lot of work to make it there, that seem a lot of reasonable, like the fact his brain's overheating and all this other stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel really strong about the uh, Dolores stomping around in the Bernard suit theory. I feel like that's it, it, got some legs to it. Not a lot of evidence, but it, right. it, it yeah. they, the, 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 this is the mechanic has shown us the tools before he's working on the toilet, and we got the brain swatcher. Swip, s- s- we got the brain switcher, and we don't know why it's significant, but probably is going to be if that is true it would add an interesting twist to the final line about that bernard has about i killed them all yeah because what well, if that's dolores saying my path led them to their own deaths also you know? we know that there was a lot of hosts that were acting be weird last year and mm-hmm. some of them seemed to be programmed with like delos operations like to they had an antenna shoved up his arm they're trying to beam stuff out of the park mm-hmm. like what if some of the aberrant behavior from hosts last year was because these drones sloppily mixed up their brains so you had like a woodcutter that was or a you know a dude working a mining ranch that had like a, a fucking woodcarver's brain in him or something mm-hmm. i don't know but I, I think that's 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 an obvious implication you got brains that are cpus that can be switched to bodies so like that's another level of what the fuck that they can add to continue to bamboozle us yeah uh phil s uh, what's about the scene in which Strand first introduced himself to Bernard? Um, so we already, I think you, you actually ca- caught this. Uh, he says, Mr. Lowe, it's good to see you, although the circumstances are less than ideal. When Strand says this, Bernard actually mutters the second sentence along with him in unison. Which makes me think this is a memory of Bernard's and not the current timeline, whatever that means. Or the event has to imply that Bernard is programmed to know exactly what Strand is going to say and that he's still playing through emotions of a narrative. The other thing, the other theory I saw that's built on this information is this is Delos are trying to lead him through this loop every time to tease right. more. Because, like, he, they keep showing him different things and says, does this jog your memory? Yeah, this is the multiple beach scenario theory yeah right where so, bernard has been through this loop many times to try and get him to assist them yeah it's not an accidental it's it's a deliberate like these delos people are deliberately staging this thing here's a, the awakening. problem with that though okay yeah tell uh, me because i didn't see any holes in I, it i don't think strand reacts as if this were the case mm-hmm. he doesn't act knowingly he acts kind of surprised that bernard repeats his or or finishes his sentence for him but he would be if they're if they're trying like is it, is it bewilderment or interest? Be, yeah. Because like, oh, something's something something's clicking this time. Like, I I don't know. 
Also, it's it seems like tell. if you've got if, if if they knew so that implies they know Bernard. Here's the biggest problem. I just came up with it. Uh, that implies they know Bernard's a host, right? If you're doing this elaborate protocol to try to wake him up on the beach every morning Absolutely. and try to get him, yeah. Why don't they just pull his brain and plug it into a tablet and see what he knows? A lot of people are speculating. Oh, it's easier for like instead of trying to dissect the data that's inside of it, trying to get him to say the things, and and maybe he has. Oh, so there's you know, the int- some cognitive okay. uh, soup in there that's easier to tease out of him if he's conscious hmm. than it is to decipher from the code and the data. Or maybe they tried, and it's a bunch of yeah encrypted bullshit. Why wouldn't you try that? Only that they have to tease that. So, like, I guess with 14 days they could have. Because you're right. That's the first thing you should try. Yeah, fucking yeah. pop Pull his head and- open and. Um, but it's also weird because like do they have who the, do the they sol- have any are, coders? Are the soldiers in on this thing too? Because like the woman like when he goes, "Hey, what are you going to do? Shoot the boss?" Which I forgot to mention is a f- nice callback to the first episode when that's what Bernard said whenever yeah, when, when, when Stubbs responded Ford to was down there down talking there. to who have candy or kissy or whoever he was. Storage, yeah. Um, that that mercenary woman is going through a stack of cards and it mentions Bernard as a high level target, but she's acting yeah. confused. Like if this is like the twelfth time she's done this, why to like? Right. There's a lot she of wouldn't search this stack. It yeah, wouldn't... like there's there's okay. a lot of things. Now there could those could be. If if I'm if I'm trying to be charitable to this theory, this could be a lot of Nolan and Joy going through this in season one, knowing what people will key on and knowing they're knowing, and then doing things like this that they can later explain but without that explanation right. it makes it seem like oh well there's no way this theory can be correct yeah because now that the showrunners know that we're onto them the levels of like trickery and crazy shit that you can pull up is is different like it changes the meta mm-hmm. like this is the game they're playing and I'm excited because this is the first time I've actually seen people try to look at it like well this is a meta that we yeah. don't have any control over so this is the audience's move what is our counter move yeah and like if you've ever played um like a game with another player yeah like all of a sudden mercy is the new overpowered character right right like, and, and that's i also like it because it's a very video gamey like mm-hmm. any competitive scene has a like theoretically all the characters you can choose from are all the same but there's always one or two characters that have the unblockable move steps or the frames yeah. of invincibility and if you don't use them you put yourself at a disadvantage no matter how fun the other person is or how much you like them mm-hmm. if you play it on a competitive scene i like nolan enjoys like game on all right, we've got a lot of tools we can use to trick and fool you. We know from past experience that these are the things you're going to pay attention to. So we're going to give you a lot of that, and do you doing it's it's kind of exciting. And you you just upped it to the next level. Now you're onto them. Yeah, well that's how the meta works. Yeah, so it's never ending. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an arms race. We'll see. I, I think that unfortunately uh, the 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 deck the deck is stacked in the internet's favor because there's yeah. crowdsourcing. 400,000 people participating on the Westworld subreddit. Just on the Reddit, yeah. Right. Like if only the friends they're talking with. If only one-tenth of one percent of those people are very smart people, that's uh a lot of very smart people tearing into your shit. It's true. So I think it's probably a lot more... Uh, you know, like like uh, you know, statistics would say at least half of those people are above average intelligence. <laughs> 200,000 people of above average intelligence trying to figure out your shit, Nolan. Good luck. So... Uh, that is all that we've got right now. Okay. Uh, for our spoil for our it's not a spoiler section; it's a speculation no. section. Yeah. 
Um, so there you go. Uh, Westworld at baldmove.com is how you get feedback submitted to us. You can also discuss each episode on forums.baldmove.com. There's a sh- show thread each week. We might want to start doing – we talked about this. I, I, I meant to do it. Um, creating a separate thread for, like, speculation – and just you know, just standard analysis. But I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you keep that stuff separate. I mean, honestly, here's my honest advice that I'm going to give after speculation people uh, uh, section. So everyone that would should hear this advice is not listening to it anymore. If you want to figure this show out on your own, you're going to have to get off the internet for the next ten weeks. Um, I don't because like just reading the front page of Reddit, just le- listening to the, your average podcast, you're you're cheating. Well, here's the thing I think you can do is you can find a source that curates information in a way that you enjoy. Mm. Yeah, that's because true. like with game reviews, right? I, right? I do that. Like I go, I find people who have similar mentalities to my own and I value what they have to say about games. So you can find it like trying to find it, though, is sort of the needle in the haystack Abernathy right. problem. Right. I think you have uh, bastards like us to say we're going to try to do more thoughtful things about spoil, and then in week one they're just like ah, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, at least we're cordoning it off to a degree, to a degree. Um, but to, I think I already think that some of the stuff we talked about in, in just our talk was probably more than some people were were wanting to. Like, I don't think people want us to break down individual microsecond long scenes like oh this this one and a half second of bernard hallucinating actually has these 16 images that are sequential and to tell a story mm-hmm. if you're just watching that in fast motion you don't get any of that stuff you get a flash of a skull a flash yeah. of a gun uh, you know where's where do you draw the line i guess where i'm trying to draw the line is in the main bo- in the main body we essentially just present the information that's on the screen and then in the sp- Spoiler or in the speculation section, yeah. we try to connect those things and also connect them to things that we already know from previous episodes and all that. But honestly, it's rough because no other podcast that we've ever done has been like this. Honestly, right. like Game of Thrones is as close as it comes, but being able to talk and speculate about the show and the themes and how they all tie together and what that might mean for the plot is a integral part of a podcast for me like a fan-based podcast you Mm -hmm. want to have that stuff in there but then going overboard with it can kind of ruin it so i don't know where that line is yeah and it's it's so so funny because we had hours of discussion about how we're going to approach this before the season and then we had a lengthy discussion about like just today where we're like trying to ad hoc like okay how are we actually going to do this after we've seen the first episode and yeah and it's i mean it's a good challenge because it's fun and, like, I will not say that it ruined last... Because I, I thought last season was awesome, and it won a bunch of Baldi's awards. So it didn't ruin it for me, but mm-hmm. it's, like... Maybe what made me cranky in the early goings of last season was just, again, wanting to resist how much effort it takes to analyze this show. Because I think if we just do your standard bald move where we watch it a couple times, and we think about it, and we do a little bit of... We do feedback, like, we're only scratching the surface of Westworld. Westworld demands that we do more. Um, and, you know, that, that more is work. So when you're in the middle of the season, maybe it's not as fun. But when everything comes together at the end... I don't know. And the other thing is, like, 
will Lisa and Jonathan be able to have a surprise that still raises their eyebrows in the final episode? Mm-hmm. Because that was the thing that really I kind of want to take my hat off and say bravo on last season because as much as we did figure out, there was whole huge sections of the season that were still mysterious leading up into the final episode. So if they can continue to do that, I don't care if we get nine of their ten secrets. As long as there's one left to unwrap at the end of the season, I'll probably be happy. Okay. So uh, that's the show for this week, though. Uh, we will see you next week. Don't forget, Sunday night, if you're a club member. Uh, well, actually, if you're anyone, we have an instant talk podcast. The first half is just Jim and I. Uh, talking about our thoughts. The second half, which is only for club members, is where we use the YouTube chat interface to talk with people in real time, get their questions, get some answers, do some real-time speculation. Uh, And it it was a lot of fun, and it went off pretty successfully. If you would like to participate in either of those, you just download the podcast on Sunday night or join the club at club.baldmove.com if you want to be on the interactive part of that. That's this Sunday, and we'll have our full podcast on on Tuesday. As always, until then... I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.